Jackson. Don't laugh! This ain't reality TV! I take this That movie stuck! Can we get serious now? It's the Fortress Film Society on The Chad Duke Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Fortress Film Society, live from the Fortress of Solid Dudes, presented by Money Monks Barbecue in Percival and in Lovettsville. Thank you so much, Monk. Dropped off the checks seven days late. If you're the sponsor, you're allowed to do that. <laughs> I'm your host with the most, the shootster. There is Jim Daddy to my left and to your right across the radio dial. Hello, Jim Daddy. Hey there, boy. Hey there, daughter, hey there, daughter. Quick update, uh, Jimmy learned how to say on time, and then I taught him a new one today. I taught him how to say okay. Ah. Why don't you show the boys how you used to say okay? Okay. And how do you say it now? Okay. Here we go. Nice. Making progress. Look at that. It was more, more acts like this. Mocha. 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 <laughs> Sound like that thing that puppet would scream out before it stabbed everybody. <laughs> Mocha. Uh, Loud Goats is here, fresh off of his uh, highways and byways and trials and tribulations to get to Fairfax, Virginia. Hello, Loud Goats. Hello. I was delayed by uh, an incident with skydivers coming through the the fireworks into Potomac Park. My favorite part of that movie was when they realized, holy shit, we can't have them rob another plane. What do we do? And they just jump off the roof of the fucking (laughs) building with with the fucking parasails. I love Gary Busey so much. Uh, there is the tube, or as he's known in the streets, Lottie Dottie, we likes the party. Hello, tuber. I was almost late because my cab driver sold me out to the mob and the cops. Man, that was really fucked up. Yeah. That one Who? cab driver was really plugged in, wasn't know, he? Oh man. Hi there, I'm, this cab's getting off the road. I'm checking in. Mob and cops. <laughs> <laughs> man, I had a second time, I think, in Fortress Film Society history, my wife got up in the middle of the movie and said, nope, I'm going upstairs. Oh, wow. Across 110th Street was the uh, (laughs) the one that made her do it. So we have a jam-packed lineup for you here tonight. We will be discussing three films and a book. And then I've got bad news for everybody on the show. I've already picked out another book for us. Oh, I might have been spying that stack on the corner of the table. I'm actually excited. I'd like to give a big verbal nod to Kevin Smith. I ran out of time today. I I managed to uh, fuck up not ordering the books on time, so I was going to run over to Barnes & Noble, which, by the way, is still a thing. I don't know if you guys knew that. I saw a headline that they're actually expanding. I'm getting one right by my house. I'm going to be able to walk to it. I got to say, I don't know who the fuck owns Barnes & Noble. Good for them. It's delightful. I I (laughs) walked around in Barnes & Noble the other day for about two hours. I bought a coffee, and I was like, hmm. I went down the magazine aisle, like magazines still exist. Look at all these board games. You can yeah. buy comics there. They got all sorts of cool a lot of there. books and a lot of new books. A lot of yeah. new, uh, oh boy, the nonfiction new releases. Whoo! They are not for people like me. I'm just gonna leave it there. You can go check it out for yourself. Disc jockeys, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, fire disc jockeys. Um, Precisely. Any, any, very specific. Did any of us order the Godfather pinball game? <laughs> you know, I know. I didn't get to it. Maybe when I get paid. Did any of us get drunk enough to <laughs> click to on the PayPal the of a distributor <laughs> to pay the one thousand dollar down payment I, that you have to pay because it's twelve thousand dollars? I feel like one of us might have gotten to that point Ooh, sitting at this table. Might have but... been last night. <laughs> <laughs> might have been less than twenty four hours ago. There's a local spot here that I'm pretty confident is going to get that machine because they've gotten all the previous uh, oh Jersey Jack God, releases. Dude. So it's I, so I'm gorgeous. really holding out for that to show up, dude. The Horse fucking plunger knob. The big ornate, like, Godfather chair leg front legs on that bad boy. 
it's just a gorgeous piece of machinery. But Jersey Jack, they don't make them cheap, do they? There's no entry level model. Nobody those. makes <laughs> them cheap these days. No. It looks like the these prices have just skyrocketed over the last couple yeah. of years. And I feel like this is a good year because haven't they kind of alternated good bad well i think when goat and i did pinball shitheads they said they were going to release two machines in one year and then they didn't release a machine for like three years okay so and i the toy story 4 machine was a, a i'll use a tourist term the nothing burger sure. for me i had absolutely <laughs> no fucking interest well, right, in it at all because we had wizard of oz great well, that was, then, dude, that was 12 years was ago. That, oh, that was 12 years ago? Yeah. Okay, well, then the, the most recent one I recall was Willy Wonka, which was bad. It was awful. And then Guns N' Roses, which was great. I like Guns N' Roses. And then Toy Story, which was bad. Yeah. Hobbit so, was before that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they had Tuned In, which was an original IP, which I actually really like, but it probably breaks a lot because there's so yeah. many moving pieces. What else? Pirates of the Caribbean. The Pirates one was a big deal. That's yeah. probably the most complicated pinball game I've ever played in my life. I don't enjoy that one because there's so much fucking going on in that table. Gotcha. But man, I tell you what, that Godfather machine looks fucking looks amazing. Great. You guys played the Bond one yet? Uh, no. It's really good. Is it? Okay, I, I really, I've, I really like. I was gonna say, I've heard mixed things. It, I think it depends on which edition it is that you play. The Doctor No one is better than the. I think it was Diamonds Aren't Forever was the other one. I've played two. Diamonds versions. are forever. Diamonds are forever. Um, and uh, I'm not much up on. Uh, some of the older Bond stuff, but the Doctor, <laughs> the Doctor New, the Doctor New, No Machine Doctor is, New. is amazing. Doctor New, as I call <laughs> it, fucking strafing run going on over here. No Gnu's is good, good Gnu's. Doctor Gnu, that Godzilla machine. I told you I got back from the beach was uh, excellent. I like that one a lot. And then I played the Led Zeppelin machine. I tried to give that another shot, and it's uh, it's boring. It's not the best. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, people donating fifty stars. Thank you so much. I demand all twenty-one of you donate fifty stars if you are. In the chat tonight, thank you so much. You are a Facebook subscriber. If you'd like to donate, Jester will belch horribly and chug oh. beers as we talk about movies. Jimmy, uh, I hope you got some in the chamber because Corey Reed is already going ham in here. Oh, so I can't we'll... wait. By the way, do we have any ham? I'm starving. Not it's today. A, it's a shame. It's the worst kitchen in radio. I sort of fucking got. Um, all right. I believe the selection this past week was Mr. Loud Goats. So let us start there. Indeed. My selection was 2022's Dead for a Dollar. Uh, I saw a trailer for it and saw that it was a very recent Western. Uh, the names attached to it were very exciting to me. Walter Hill was the director and one of the writers. I love that he's still writing and directing. Christoph Waltz. I didn't Willem, know he was still alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Christoph Waltz, Willem Dafoe, Rachel Brosnahan. Like, it's, it's a solid cast. It is. Very encouraging uh, on the details side of things. The trailer was a cut to look like it was a very exciting movie in parts, uh, but one of the things I believe we brought up last week was it looks like all of the budget went to the cast, um, and unfortunately... That was borne out as the movie progressed. It right. was very. Um, it looked like it was made in a hurry, and uh, it looked like it, a digital short on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I can um, tell you this: uh, it'll never see the light of day. But Tapawingo looks far better than this movie, at least visually. Um, and that's, a, I think, a pretty low budget movie. So yeah, that's uh, that's. You know, it's not always the end of the world, but it was hard to get around when one of the things that makes Westerns what they are is the feeling. Even those old spaghetti Westerns, yeah. they were done with a grit to them. And I think that's my number one word for this is is everything felt so clean. Everything, it was brand new and clean and it wasn't, there was no age, there was Very no polished. lived in. It was a set. All of the costumes looked like they didn't want to be a, have to worry about laundering them before they sent them back to the, <laughs> the rental place where they got them from. Everything 
was just super clean. How many times did they say Tibero Vargas, by the way? Oh, at least 17 or 18 per you know, quarter hour. another movie we're going to talk about where they say a name over and over Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Uh, Benjamin Bratt, though, I like. And he was, yeah. in, he was in Demolition Man, which I'm always a mm-hmm. fan of. And he, I thought his character, if they could have spent more... Another thing I noticed, there's only about 15 people in this fucking movie. Like, his gang was... You saw them a hundred times, and there was, like, the sheriff and... You know, there's some people in it, but the, the cast wasn't all that large either. And the weird thing is, is there were only about 15 to maybe 20 people total in it, but it feels like all of them shared the same amount of screen time. Very which, strange. Which is a, a a ding against it because it, it just felt like nobody was really the lead. And it was just all sort of everybody had it was almost like an ensemble cast that tried too hard to all share the spotlight. Well, also, probably what I would assume is that Willem Dafoe they had maybe seven days with because mm-hmm. that was another. Yeah. I hate to keep I'm doing this a lot already, but in doing that movie, like, they had Billy Zane for six days. And if they didn't get it done, you're fucked. And, yeah. you know, Gina Gershon is in the movie that I'm in and I didn't see her. You know, uh, Cliff from fucking Cheers is in the movie that I've in and I, I didn't see him. So I'm guessing I would have to assume that Willem Dafoe had four days on this movie because I, I thought he would play a much bigger role. you see any professional light rigs on the set of Tepawingo? No. Did you see some in this one? Uh, I, I didn't see a single one. Oh, you <laughs> meant like out of frame. Oh, like yeah. A- I mean, just was anyone using a light at any yeah, point? Yeah, there, there was the lights movie? happening. Okay, yeah, so that's another, that's another step up well, from this I mean, one. honestly, if, if I had a complaint, I'd say they used too many lights in this movie. Very Everything bright. was so bright. And it almost looked like there were some spots that they shot day for night where they shot it in the middle of the day and then... Made it look like nighttime with some filtering over later the, on. Over the windows. <laughs> yeah, there was. Yeah, every all of the windows looked like they'd had 17 years of just gunk on them for some reason that I'm not 100 percent sure of. Um, I looked at the scores before I selected this movie, and they were not encouraging. Uh, the critic score in Rotten Tomatoes was 53 percent, and the audience score was, I believe, 39 something along. It was lower, mm. and I was hesitant, but I seen movies before where I've seen low scores and enjoyed them. Um, I have to say that I should have listened to the scores on mm. this one, I think, a little bit more closely. I, I hate admitting that critics and the audience were all right in their tepid reaction at best to this one, but that feels accurate to me. Yeah, this movie's really fucking boring, Yeah, unfortunately. Um, and it... It's- pretty harsh I, well i mean it is but dude it is and like what what bummed me out is as it kind of progressed i'm like all right there's not much happening but christoph waltz willem dafoe two of the most charismatic actors i've ever seen like they can save it but neither of them are being charismatic i mean they're sleepwalking through this movie i feel like more than once when it's the, even just the two of them talking i'm like so we didn't run that back back and try that one more time. Like right. we didn't try them try a different reading for those lines. Just maybe one more take. Uh, <laughs> so clearly, like they're just trying to move through their time with them on set as quickly as possible. Uh, I was pretty let down. Um, I didn't hate it as much as you guys did. Uh, maybe hate's a strong word, but um, what I did enjoy about it is my wife liked it. She she thought it was. Interesting. A lot of westerns for her are just it's too much. Shoot them up the whole time. I, I don't like. Um, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert, whatever the fuck that okay, movie is. Okay, okay. Because it's, I mean, and I know everyone loves that movie, and they I, they, I love they jerk <laughs> off to it. It's so long and slow and boring, um, for me personally. And um, and I think a lot of people when they watch westerns, if they don't like a lot of action, they're put off by it. I think she found this to be kind of a soothing movie. She could just sit there and watch it while she's looking at her phone. And I kind of agreed. I didn't mind. I, I like the play between the um, the Buffalo Soldier and Christoph Waltz's character. Like it's a little over the top, but I, I didn't mind that. I thought they had mm-hmm. chemistry. 
um, his play with the guy that was ultimately killed in the the jail cell, um, the mustachioed husband, the husband. Was not a very he was a good car- antagonist, he was a cartoon character for the most part as yeah. well. Yeah, but I didn't find it offensive, and I. I kind of liked uh, looking at their hats and looking at the gu- they, the the guns were kind of realistic they weren't over the top um i liked the mexican jail cell the the sheriff guy and he's like we're men of law or whatever there was nothing about this that i was like Bleh. um it was yeah. it just kind of existed for me it was like a bowl of cheerios and for that reason it was kind of fun seeing those two guys in a movie that's a western together if this was just a fucking drama like if this was based 40 years in the future and it was like ah see that era i probably wouldn't have liked it as much, oh okay so. okay um but I, I don't think i was and also I, I just i'm gonna give walter walter hill has been directing for our entire lives um and has put out so many bangers that i was kind of enjoying knowing that he was in his mid to late 80s i think um making this movie and that that brought me pleasure too i think that might be why i was disappointed really because i might have had high i had high expectations going in again even in the face of the scores that I was like, okay, the pedigree, the people involved. I feel like the biggest disappointment to me was it felt like there were there were a lot of opportunities right. for tension and to delve into some of these conflicts. And as soon as it felt like something was going to kick off, we were off to the next set yeah. piece. We, or somebody just left town. Or you, you selected the hard times, right, for us? Yeah. That was so great. I love that movie. Um, and then he has made two of the most violent over-the-top action movies I've ever seen in, in Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis and Red Heat, my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. They're so cartoonly over-the-top in their violence and their action, it it, it kind of shocked me how muted this movie yeah, was. very much of that. so. So I could see why you were disappointed, but um, what do you think, Jim Daddy? I had high hopes because of the cast, but I was, I was very bored. There was really not a lot happening. It was too long. It was only like an hour and 39 minutes, it, it felt like it was three hours it, long. That's, it, that's a problem. I watched it in two parts, and it still felt really long to me. And it, they kept sitting back down at the at the poker table, and it's like, all right, now we're going to play poker. It's like, well, we just played poker. It's like, <laughs> yeah. well, we're playing poker again. And I mean, I'm a sucker for a poker showdown, of but course. it was one hand, and then they got angry, and dude yeah. left, the, they left the room. I'm like, oh, okay. Because the whole idea of a poker showdown in most Westerns is it's this long, drawn-out kind of just grueling grind at the table and then then somebody gets mad it was like i'm mad i lost one hand give me my money back and it's like oh okay guess we, we got to move it along did we do extreme prejudice for the we this did, one we did for this one. one that was my that was another selection of mine and that I, was insanely yeah. violent too yeah, i thought about that a lot watching this just when we're thinking about like other westerns with notable character actors or, or cast members in it that we've covered, I was like, man, Extreme Prejudice is a much more watchable movie and, and what, one that I'm is more memorable than, than this one. Yeah, also has a showdown in Mexico at the end yeah. of it. Yeah. So. I'd like to go back and revisit what we scored that movie because I, I re- I'm remembering it quite fondly Here's right now. Here. And I, I don't know if I, I scored it well. I gave it a three and a half. What did, I, you, I you know what you gave it? I don't, I don't, I don't have anyone else's scores. I, mean, I know, know there's someone you who keeps a fucking narcissist, <laughs> dude. Because I, lo- I log, every, I, I keep track of everything I watch. I'm sorry. No, you this keep is my own record. You my... say, and you don't keep track of what goat. It's I my say? personal. It's it's my my personal you log. I'm sorry. Daddy's log. Dude, no I don't wants, care anymore. No one wants to hear that shit. That is, you write down everything you watch. Yeah. Why? I don't know, dude. What a colossal pig. I like I like making lists. Have some terrible. compulsive tendencies, you know. This. For the ages. This also reminded me a lot of The Drop. 
and, and well, the drop and, was and, boring as fuck. Well, but, right, exactly. I, yeah, I, where there should have been more, there like, could have oh. been more, and it just you're oh. like Jim Gandolfini and, and Tom Hardy and and this you know crime kind of mob story set and and kind of the similar like expectation that was built up. Also very boring. Also felt way longer than it actually is. Um, that that's what I kept thinking about when I was, or if I had to compare it to one other movie that we've watched, it's it's that one. Can you guys real quick? This is a sidebar, and maybe I don't want to ham fist any type of. <laughs> we have to watch this movie too. Can you p- type in Hickey and Boggs movie poster right now and just take a look at it? If you're in the listening audience too, run this experiment yourself, and then you got to read the slug line for this fucking movie. I, Whoa! I oh yeah! Just think that. This, oh yeah! This is a, a dirty, hairy ripoff that Walter Hill directed, and it is Robert Culp and Bill Cosby. I spy fame, and um, I think at one point there's a tagline that says they fire their 44 Magnum pistols at everyone, anyone. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Yeah, they hold their 44 <laughs> Magnums with two hands and keep firing until they hit something. Anything. That is not what you want to hear. This looks great. Bro, this is the fuck is that fucking poster. Yeah. I know Bill Cosby somewhat besmirched as of late, but uh I mean it looks so fucking seventies and uh And Culp directed it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's exciting. Uh, I thought uh no, I thought our boy directed it. Hickey and Boggs? Did he uh, write it? Walter Hill wrote it. Oh he wrote it. Oh, yes. okay, he bad. also wrote the Warriors. Yes, I know. I did know that. Which is, by the way, if you want something on your resume, say I wrote the Warriors. And I'm I write. I believe Hickey and Boggs came up in the because you watched Extreme Prejudice. <laughs> did it really? Because, uh, yeah, when uh, uh, way Steve. back when, and I was kind of like, ooh. Do you, I, would you guys be able to check that out? Oh yeah, just as a side yeah. movie. Hickey and Boggs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that's, sure. That feels like a perfect like side Insulate, movie for the yeah, FF. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll never yeah, say yeah. no to something from the 70s you guys know this that's the, oh, the best look, era i'm really looking forward to 110th street when we get to that because it was the opposite of whatever this fucking movie was as far as making an impact on me <laughs> right. um i'll go first i'll give it a three i think i'll be the highest score anyone gives it i don't think if anyone sat down and said i don't have shit to watch tonight i could either watch the voice uh below <laughs> di- below deck or <laughs> this fucking movie i think you're gonna probably have a better time with this movie um, I like Christoph Waltz and uh, Willem Dafoe in a Western. I, it, it did feel like a missed opportunity, but um, it was unoffensive. I'll give it a three. Yeah, I would say I, and I was wavering between a three and a two and a half. I think ultimately I have to go with the two and a half based on previous resume for everyone involved. And that might not be fair, but I would say there's so many other movies from anyone involved in this movie that you could check out and enjoy more that it'd be hard for me to put this one above something like that so yeah two and a half is where i weigh in on this one two and a half the unfortunately this movie is just kind of nothing hmm. um cast cast aside it i'm not gonna remember much of it at probably tomorrow after we we have this discussion there's just not a lot going for it like even even with the cast members that we like they're very stale and they clearly they're they're getting a quick and good for them they're getting a quick easy paycheck but they're running through these lines once or twice, and they're moving on. They don't really care easy, about being there. You get that wardrobe and be out in the fucking desert filming. And I mean, they uh, probably were on a lot, and then they were in the, <laughs> in the desert for like a day. You know right, what I mean? Like maybe. I, I, and I'm they're I'm, riding horses and shit. I don't know. It feels like and a, a two and a half is like like totally neutral for me. Like right. there's there's no real fault of this movie. It's just there. Nothing. It's just there. So two and a half, inconsequential. It was a two. It wasn't fun. It was boring. Nobody really seemed like they cared. I didn't. I didn't have a good time with that at all. 
All right. Siskel and Jeff. Just yeah, over here. <laughs> the depth of analysis. My God. It's unbelievable. I did, uh, funny guys should mention that it did make an impact on you. I realized about 30 minutes into this movie that I had started this movie when it came out and, <laughs> and then passed out and gone up to bed and never bothered to go back and fucking Hang on. It. How many and times has that come up on the show before? I, I, I don't know. Way. It's fucking nuts to me that I was like, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I, I know I know what's going to happen here. Like, this is what happens. How do I know this? And I'm like, oh, I fell asleep at 2 o'clock in the morning watching this. Hey, wait this. a minute. <laughs> fucking movie. Um, all right. Well, I, it was definitely not the most offensive movie we've watched here. It wasn't even, I put it in the top three most offensive movies that Loud Goat has picked. That is, so. that is fair and accurate. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, boys. I believe it is. Uh, am I correct in thinking that it is my turn? That's Indeed. right. Yep. I got some bad news for you guys. Oh, dear. Bad, bad news for you. Uh, you're going to have to get up off your duffs and go to a movie theater for my movie. What? That I'm picking. Oh, yes. This that. is garbage. Oh, yes. Leaving the house. Have any of you guys seen the movie Haunt? No, but I, I know the poster. You would fucking love it. Borderline torture porn, haunted, haunted house oh, cool. movie. Um, have you seen A Quiet Place? Yeah. Okay, so the guy that wrote both of those movies is directing this movie, and this movie is 65, starring oh, cool. Adam Driver, where he is fucked over in the trailer, letting us all know that he travels back in time instead of traveling to another planet. After a catastrophic cr crash on an unknown planet, pilot Miles quickly discovers he's actually stranded on Earth 65 million years ago. Uh, he has to rescue some chick. And there are fucking dinosaurs all over the place, and he has plasma rifles, and he's running around in the jungle shooting at dinosaurs. And uh, fuck you, everyone. I want to see this movie, so oh, everyone's yeah. going to have to go see it. Let's do it. Very excited. I, this was on my agenda was to see really? this weekend. Yeah, I was, was going to so. see this either way. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I'm going on Friday morning. If you guys like to play hooky, I'll buy <laughs> tickets for all of us. Very excited for that. Uh, it is in the theater now. So if you want to be a part of the next fortune, and here's, here's what you got. If this thing's a bomb. Yeah, I would could go. be right up out of there. You're going to want to catch weekend. this opening weekend because it's going up against Scream. Scream, yeah. And then John Wick the week after. And so. I really want to see Scream, too. So I I, I don't know. I, I wanted to talk about Scream before this is over, too, because it's kind of a departure from the norm. And it's, mm -hmm. is it the sixth one? Yep. Yeah. The sixth Scream. So we should at least uh, visit that. But uh, I'll be catching that this weekend for sure. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, is this, I, I should have checked. I don't know if it's PG 13 or R. I was hoping. PG 13. Ah, that's a bummer. Hour and 30 minutes, though. That's great. And it's uh, Kylo Ren shooting a dinosaur. So yeah. I think we had talked talked about the trailer when it came out yeah. and it was kind of like wait oh they gave away the big twist so I'm I'm hoping that that's revealed in like the first 15 to 20 minutes of the movie and it's not what the movie actually hinges on could have been a really interesting twist if they wanted it to yeah. be but I, I guess they did it would have been like if you watched the trailer for from dust till dawn and then Cheech Marin turned into a vampire in the trailer which I think <laughs> I remember them doing a good job of avoiding that so uh yep all right 65 Adam Driver uh check it out it's the guy that wrote Quiet Place and also if you like scary fucking horror disgusting movies haunt is very very scary I watched it uh, a couple years back Okay, got a lot on the plate here, boys. The piss break being the most important part of it. Uh, we got Drop Zone, we got 110th Street, and we got How to Sell a Haunted House. What do we want to do first? Let's do Drop Zone. Ooh! Sounds good. Does that work? Does that work? Does it Works for me. Uh, rated R. Uh, it, the release date was, well, that can't be right. This says the release date was 2008, but that can't be I correct. I believe it was 1994. Yeah. Maybe that was for the uh, the Blu-ray, if there is one. Yeah, nothing starring uh, Parker Lewis came out in the 2000s. Can't imagine. <laughs> uh, Drop Zone starring Wesley Snipes and the Hot Broad from Hard Target. 39% uh, for the critics, 
32% from the audience, <laughs> 10,000 audience votes. That a, is a lot of people who took the time really is. to make their opinions known. Uh, John Bartum is the director. I'm looking through what he has directed. And uh, Nick of Time is probably the most notable one. I believe that was a Johnny Depp movie. War Games, Saturday Night Fever. Oh, he did? Short Circuit. I no idea. Yeah. He, he directed Saturday Night Fever? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Which, amazing movie. Fuck, fucked up movie. Really great movie. Really and good. by the way, one of the movies I've never felt dumber watching, thinking what I thought about it my yeah. whole life yeah. than actually watching the movie. It, it is because it's it became brutal. such a caricature. It became a punchline because it was like, oh, look, disco. <laughs> There's so much you, more to it. Dude, you don't feel good Saturday watching Night that movie. Fever? Yeah. Holy shit. Um, a daring prison break from an airliner at 30,000 feet leaves U.S. Marshal Pete Nessip, Wesley Snipes, mourning his brother and gunning for revenge. After being ordered to turn in his badge, he seeks out Jesse Crossman, Yancey Butler, who is my favorite, a noted skydiver, which doesn't seem to fit, and uh, offers to sponsor her crew for the annual Independence Day parachuting show in Washington. If she trains him, this is a batshit. So... This is right in the pocket, I think, of like Under Siege and all these crazy fucking like there's a theme to these over the top action yeah, movies. Point Break. Point Break. It's, this is so Olympic Point Break. Yeah, movie. Yeah, I think it's that's Point Under Siege. I'm guessing yeah. that's probably why it was not well received when it came out. Is yeah, it's because it was viewed as just a Point Break ripoff. Lethal Point Under Siege weapon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fucking Gary Busey is the big heavy, and uh, Michael Jeter is the guy that is the crazy man in. Um, Waterworld that flies the blimp, so yeah. I always recognize him when he's in a, uh, a movie. But it's about a, bu a bunch of guys that hijack stuff by parachuting, and uh, of course, <laughs> my favorite part of this is when they climb into the seedy parachuting underground that is the Florida Keys, <laughs> and there's like parachuting bars where they have rituals, and one of their dies, and they're cheersing. There is one of my favorite movie murder scenes, I think, of all time, where. Gary Busey, in a split decision, decides to kill one of the members of his group. Yeah. Jumps on top of his parachute and throws him into a fucking power he line. He guides him. He, he he rides on top of his parachute to direct him into the power station. It's oh just like, God. I feel like you could have just cut the cord and had him fall to his death. But, you know, this or, is way more exciting. Or go up on a bridge at night and say, hey, what's that over there? And push him off. Like, it's, <laughs> There's got to be better ways to kill people. But Gary Busey's unhinged in this fucking movie. He's wearing tank tops all the time. Like, there's just... I watched about the first 20 movies this, minutes of this with my chick one time, and I was so enraptured. I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch this. And, uh, <laughs> I'm very glad that we did. So uh, very good 90s schlock. What did you guys think? I in, I had a lot of fun. Yes. That, you know what? Yes. And I know that sometimes we have – there's different scales for different movies. I knew going into this, this wasn't going to be high cinema. It's shit. It's, uh, <laughs> but there were moments in this movie – that made me just smile from ear to ear. There were moments that made me laugh out loud. Maybe they weren't supposed to. Um, I think every time uh, Wesley Snipes' character was beating the shit out of somebody, I was like, yes, what this is fun. Beating the shit out of Yancey Butler. She fucking <laughs> she kicks mean, him out of the back the, of the plane. Yeah. The, the, the one, you know, yeah, the one punch and it's over. I, the scene in the bathroom where um, the, was it, uh, oh, what was the guy's name? The one wacky skydiver. I don't know. It wasn't like sore or whatever. Uh, uh, swoop. 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 Yeah. That's, that's the thing, so, dude. They say swoop so many fucking times. Well, they changed times. his name at, at, at one point at the bar, but when he's in the bathroom getting beat up by the two uh, bad guys and, and Wesley Snipes has to use the bathroom and he, like, 
nut punches that one dude and then comes in and just completely kicks everybody's ass. I'm like, well, this is this feels good because like, these guys are the, jerks. Rips the light off the ceiling yeah, and he swings he, it at him. It's pretty knocks great. the bathroom yeah. door off its hinges. <laughs> and then after that fight, they just go back to their table and right. have a couple more drinks because, you know, that's what happens after something like that when so many criminals are bloused, are bloused. Oh, dress yeah. shirts with fuck Wesley Snipes <laughs> is so great when he's wearing blue jeans and a blouse dress dress shirt while he's kicking ass. If you go watch Passenger Fifty Seven as he's getting on the plane, he's got like a blue denim shirt that is the size of a house tucked <laughs> into these stonewashed jeans, and his shit gropes his dick. Um, also, there was the one part where the first hijacking, where the hijacking was taking place, right. where. Was it is it Busey that opens up the seat in front of him and gets out like the gun at, at and the, the very beginning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, um, how did that happen? Right. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even know that was a storage well, area. We, we explained the parachutes and how they got through security, <laughs> yeah. but the, the well, submachine remember, gun, I don't remember. When he goes to talk to either is either the the the, the, the drill sergeant that's sitting there like schooling the guy, but someone says, "Well, sure, you could sneak a couple of submachine guns on a plane." I'm like, but, how? Uh, yeah. But all of, but all of this stuff would have set off all the alarms. It's like. I think any of it would, even before Look at this nine eleven. Here on yeah. the, this would definitely set it <laughs> off. Like, I could make a plastic one of those. There's no yeah, chance. It's like so. Yeah, it's a, there were definitely. If you could switch off your, if you could really ratchet up your suspension yeah. of disbelief, this was a fun movie. They're, uh, they, 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 I've never seen a parachuting gang kill so many people. I also <laughs> like if you're trying to get away with, you, you murder thirty five people every time you go to do something. I love when they, they use the parachutes to jump off about a six-story building and they landed in the back of a truck. I'm like, probably just could have walked out the front door and got in right. a getaway car, but we got to use this gimmick a few more times. Like, they made a movie, they're like, what if the Sons of Anarchy were skydivers? Yeah, hardcore. <laughs> it's awesome. Skydivers. And then there's that one part where they're trying to get that guy used to using his computer skills after he's skydiving. Mm-hmm. Like, I've already done it 75 times. Like, Take him up again. I'm like, how much are you spending on fuel? <laughs> like, jet fuel is not an inexpensive thing. What Do I, what it was, again until he's calm. What's so what? fucking crazy for me is like I'm watching the computer nerd the whole time, which I think he was very good at like physical comedy yeah. in the movie. And I'm like, what is this guy from? And I realized he was like on Sesame Street in the late 90s. And so, like, dude, he, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and like just kind of like a weird... Like, like sending me back to my childhood for a moment. Okay. And realize, like, going down the rabbit hole. I spent, like, half an hour looking up, like, videos of this guy on set. He, he's, he's been <laughs> he on a, in other movies. He's too, been yeah. in a lot of stuff. I think the role I remember him most for was on Evening Shade, that, that Burt Reynolds sitcom. Okay. Was, and he was kind of, in a show like that, he was the comic relief. Was he a private investigator in that, in Evening Shade? I don't think so. I thought he was, like the local like a principal or something like Burt he, Reynolds no no oh Burt Reynolds was uh I thought he was a football coach no you're thinking a coach well that's a yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, uh, Craig T. Nelson I thought I thought he ran the newspaper really yeah I thought that Evening was why I don't remember the exact details I, I remember, just remember the, I remember not being allowed to watch it I do uh, remember that I remember Charles Durning having great lines uh and being hysterical that's I'm looking at some of the uh fresh reviews from the critics mm-hmm. uh this one comes in from the movie report reasonably entertaining <laughs> <laughs> all right I guess so sure it sure. actually fits I mean I think everyone loves you know training sequences in movies and shit and like a skydiving training sequence yeah. is yeah. about as good as it gets I like what he was doing the the indoor skydiving yeah game. yeah like that was that was, was i fun. mean did it make you maybe think back to secret santa and regret some decisions that oh, were yes. made on your behalf when joe no. azer was trying to give me the worst <laughs> gift anyone's ever given anybody and that was indoor skydiving or tickets to a variety show in national harbor jesus christ <laughs> I don't, i'm uncomfortable how yeah. about a fucking gift card to capitol grill joe well actually he gave me that yeah too. wait a second <laughs> what an asshole. I'm just a fucking asshole 
Um, this is a three and a half for me because I would definitely tell other people to watch it. Um, I it's a shitload of fun. I, I know there's way better three and a halfs that I've given out on this sure show, but I I don't know. I don't. If someone, the only thing that would make sense if it was someone like Torres, twenty four and stupid, and he just looked at me and says, "I don't understand Godsmack," and I was like, "Okay, then you're not going to understand Drop Zone." <laughs> yeah. Like maybe, maybe there's that, but anyone that remotely is interested in anything that I'm interested in would enjoy this film, I think. And it's right in the pocket for when Wesley Snipes is his most Wesley Snipes. Yeah, this is a a fun, uh, breaks disabled action movie. Um, it just goes careening downhill, but not in that way uh, for the entire runtime. Uh, you have to be able to ignore things like the uh, incredibly complex 3D modeler that every criminal can apparently use incredibly mm. well. Yeah. Um, the the <laughs> the amazing geography and timeline leaps where they went to DC to try out for the skydiving thing, and then that night we're back at their bar in in Florida. Uh, where they were skydiving over planes, mm, like over so. wide yeah. open planes <laughs> that were, I guess, in the surrounding D.C. area. And the dude who was running the D.C. skydiving event who had his entire jumpsuit unzipped oh, down yeah. to his crotch and was using all of the terminology oh, yeah. that uh, it just every time he said anything, it's like, oh, it looks like a gift wrap. And it's like, oh, my God, <laughs> please, please stop. Please just don't give this man any more lines and don't show his ponytail again. It is crazy that like whatever you, you and I, all of us could have predicted whatever the next line was going to be. It was, it was like so the most <laughs> obvious action movie, 90s script. All right, here's a little context for where we were. Mm -hmm. These are action movies that came out in 1994. Uh, Clear and Present Danger. It's a pretty good fucking movie. Uh, no Escape. You guys have seen that, right? With Ray Liotta mm -hmm. when he's on the island mm -hmm. fucking fighting everybody. Uh, Natural Born Killers. I don't know if that would count. The Crow, Stargate, The Specialist with Stallone and Sharon Stone, which oh, is wow. great. On Deadly Ground with... Uh, that's where... Do you remember this the, the, the phase that Steven Seagal went through where he was pretending to be Native yes. American? Yes. Yes. That was the height of it. <laughs> the Shadow, a movie that I think that we yeah, all enjoy like the Shadow. with Alec Baldwin. Uh, Star Trek Generations, Time Cop, Wyatt Earp, A Lowdown Dirty Shame. Beverly Hills Cop 3. Ooh. So, some stinkers, but also there's some... A lot of that works for me, A lot me, of them man. are way better know. than this fucking movie. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I feel like if I put this... Recently, I watched Beverly Hills Cop 3, and I don't know why. It was one of one of those, uh, The I think it's now MGM Plus. It used to be Epic's Drive-In. They showed all three Beverly Hills Cop movies on a Friday night, and I was like, well, I'm just buckled in yeah. at this point. And, uh, How excited Kevin Smith is right now. Of course. <laughs> He's the biggest Beverly Hills Cop 3 mark that I know. I've only ever seen the first one. I, I never the felt really good. The okay. second one's really She's good, awesome. too. Um, I would say no need to watch 3 unless you're incredibly bored. Um, the uh, his, his Lyman's Letterman jacket in 3, though. Pops. That's true. That's fresh. true. Um, but yeah, I would say that I would say that Drop Zone is probably on par, if not a better movie than Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, 3. absolutely. Yeah. Like, but, and also, Drop Zone came out the same year as Speed, and I would have said I would have assumed that it was a ripoff of Speed. Mm. Watching it because there were so many of those yeah. that came afterwards. Yeah. It's well, I mean, that. Speed is on another level, though. It's great fucking. Yeah, movie. Speed is a really, really great movie. Rewatched it. It's way more one-dimensional than I think you would remember if you haven't watched it recently. We watched it down at the beach. Okay. But, man, they do a great fucking job of it. It doesn't let up for one second. Hopper is a little... He's a little corny going slightly back and over watching. Slightly over the top? I just love Dennis Hopper. Nobody's yeah. ever accused Dennis Hopper of being slightly <laughs> over the top. You tell that wildcat that she better keep... Oh, the jacket says wildcat. Oh, you slide off. Hi-oh. Oh, uh, boy. Uh, what did you give it, Danny? That's a three and a half for me. Easy three and a half. It's a great watch. Uh, this was not on my radar at all, and I'm glad that I got to... 
I'm glad I gave it the time. I think it was on like Stars or something like that. Yeah, it was and, free when I watched it. Uh, I I had a I had a blast with this. Yeah, it's it's a recommend. Um, I, I would catch it on TV as well. Go, would you give it? I give it a three and a half three as well. Half. Jess, you had to like this one. I did. I can't, I can't believe for all the things you guys make fun of me for for not seeing it. I can't believe I didn't see this. I never heard 90s. of it. To be honest with you, I didn't know it was. Yeah, the I movie. don't remember it being a thing that came out. I was going to flip past it. My wife said, "Leave it," and I said, "Why?" She goes, "You're going to like this movie." <laughs> and I said, I said, why? And she goes, look at the fucking description. And I read the description. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> There's rules! <laughs> I love um, the the pilot. I think her name is Winona. Yeah. It's Grace Zabriskie. She's Laura she's Palmer's. A, she's Laura, yeah, yeah, Laura Palmer's yeah. mom from Twin Peaks and Susan Voss's mom in Seinfeld. She's awesome. And she's doing a really fun accent here. Yeah. <laughs> I love that shitty play that she's driving around and <laughs> yeah. pitching at everybody, too. They take it very lightly that the plane doesn't seem to work all that well. Yeah. It's like, I would be really worried about JFK Juniorring myself. It's like, no, we're good. We're good i know this guy's a terrible mechanic and he should be just jumping out of planes instead yeah. of fixing them but you know we'll go up again it's fine everyone here has seen no escape right i don't know that i have i haven't there's another no <laughs> escape that i think i've seen so no. you haven't seen it either no there's a no escape with pierce brosnan I've so seen. this movie is ray Liotta is a prison it's one of those movies where they it, did you ever see the condemned with stone cold steve austin yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's that but it's better battle royale and, and yeah. ray Liotta is stone cold steve austin they drop him off on a fucking island as a penalty for being a criminal and there's like these tribes of criminals fucking walking around oh. and there's only one gun and one guy has it and like that's who they decide who the fucking person in charge what is. this movie fucking rules okay all right i'm sold i can't wait um there was yeah. <laughs> one little visual nugget i don't know if you guys caught it um, at the end, that last plane that they're in, when uh, when when Yancey Yancey Butler comes yes. out to you know put the gun in everybody's face, but then not shoot anybody. Right. Um, there's a sticker on the wall that says "White men and women can jump." Oh, <laughs> I get it. I was like, okay, because he's the guy <laughs> in the see. movie. Yeah. So. Were you guys as taken with her as I am? I think, I think she's fucking gorgeous. Um, I her eyebrows distracted me at first, oh. but I got used to it. Yeah, she's a smart. Yeah, she's yeah. smart. She's watching. She's a little more understated in Hard Target. She just kind of lets mulleted fucking JCVD just kick the shit out of everybody. So <laughs> she's a little bitchy this one. All right, I um, always get Hard Target mixed up with what's the one where he's in the the hockey arena. Stop fucking sudden around, death. or we're gonna watch Hard Target also. And, I just always, I, mean, I always, <laughs> sudden death and Hard Target are quite different. Way one's, different. One's at a hockey hard, game. Have you ever yeah. seen what is it? The, the dangerous game. What's the one with Ice T? It's the same movie where they're they're hunting. Humans. Yeah, I think it's the most. Dangerous okay, game, yeah. but Lance Hendrickson is the heavy, and uh, oh, and then uh, Wolford like Brimley is fucking Jean Claude Van Damme's uncle, and he only speaks French. It's <laughs> fucking. <laughs> you haven't seen Hard Target, bro? No, I'm not up on. I'm not super up on JCVD. Guess who directed I've seen it? Bloodsport. Guess who directed it? Dick. Uh, there's no need. Dick Smokehand directed Woo. it. Oh wait, really? Yes. <laughs> John Woo did a Van Damme movie. Yes. Yeah. I didn't fucking know I, that. I had, I had forgotten that he did a bunch of. Like American movies for a hot minute. I mean, like, I, he made there's doves. Off. Yeah. There's yeah. doves. And by the way, the final fight is in a uh, Mardi Gras float graveyard. It is. You know what? We'll flop. No escape. And we'll watch Hard Target if you guys okay. are okay with that. It's Hard Target is one of my favorite movies. I'm not time. upset about that. Are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jester, you're, Jester we'll watch, yeah, let's watch eight movies for the next episode. I don't have much going on in my life. <laughs> I, mean, I don't really care. It's fine with me. I mean, I love waiting till like the three days before the show and doing one movie a night and just yeah. like making it kind of like this like festival almost leading it's up fun. to our taping. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed that, and I like watching them at different parts of the day too. I think that's fun as well. 
All right. Um, how do we want to handle this, boys? I'm good to talk about one more before the uh, the piss break. All right. Do you want to do the book and yeah. then come back for across 110th? Let's do the book. Uh, thank you guys again for reading a book for this. Uh, for yeah. those of you that um, were not a part of this, this is How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendricks, who wrote the Final Girl Support Group, which I believe was a hit number might have hit number one on the New York Times bestseller. His uh, previous novel. I remember that being everywhere. Yeah. When I told you about my trip to Barnes & Noble, this book was featured prominently right at the front oh, cool. on our new fiction, which I thought was kind of oh, cool. Oh, nice. I, I I saw a lot. Like, If you go online and just do how to sell, like this comes up in the suggested oh, results. Absolutely. For, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a big book. Really a big a big deal right now. Um, I thought it um, – well, it's, it's, if, if you didn't read the book, it is about a uh, woman who is a <clears throat> single mother and – her parents die quite suddenly, and she's got to go back and settle affairs in her hometown of Charleston, South Carolina. Her derelict brother is there and her crazy family, and uh, I would say the good first half of the book is just about that. It's just about the family yeah. and yeah. their weirds, and that's the part I, I really wasn't feeling. It, it, okay. It took me a long time to get into this book. Um, Once it was finished, though, how did you feel differently about that very part much of the book? So. Yeah, very much so. Same here. I don't think it would have been as impactful at the end. There's a lot of good character work in this book. And I think that's why a lot of the praise that I've read about this book is saying that, yeah, it's a scary book, and it's you know it's a good spook show, but like it's not just about that hardly at all. Like It's about this you know, it's, crazy it's family It's definitely structure. not, yeah. And I think it works out on a multitude of levels. Um, so it's... Uh, it's scary, and what I was really happy about is what we and we've talked about this on the show many times, boys. Is I don't like when horror movies aren't really horror movies when they turn out to be about postpartum depression or gotcha coming back from the war and there's no monster; it's all in somebody's fucking head. Like I don't like that ambiguousness and it leaving it up for interpretation. And this is symbolic of. I was positive that's what this fucking thing was about. I was about to say, I was going to ask if you were worried that it was going in that direction. And then I was worried that I'd pick the stinker for us two times in a row, you know, investing 400 pages in a fucking book. Um, But when, you know, for lack of a better term, the shit starts to go down, I don't know exactly when that happened. Um, But I was very, very happy when it wasn't just... Because they teased all this shit just being in her head about her post, you know, losing her parents for very... A bulk of the book, I mm-hmm. feel like, and then it's it's. I think it's the wherever it switched, and we went first person with what her brother went through. Yes, when he's in the cult in college. Yeah, th- that was some of the scariest shit I think that I've ever. Th- that was masterfully done. Yeah, I thought that forty or fifty pages, whatever that was, where it culminates with them being in the house, killing everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Uh, there were some parts I didn't like. The the, the pizza. Pizza Chinese description went on forever and <laughs> kept talking about how greasy the food was for, for pages and pages and pages and that her throwing up the food. And when she pissed herself, it was really disgusting the way he described that. <laughs> He's got a thing about textures and scents that yeah. really just, they don't fucking, I don't, he talked about farting and like, <laughs> it, it, there was just parts of it where I'm like, Ugh, But it's what, effective, what? right? I don't clearly, know. Clearly, I, I mean, clearly it made an impact on you. Yeah, if, but not if a good one. It, if I, it's making your skin crawl. No, I didn't like it. It didn't. It made me feel sick. I didn't oh, want on. to. But to know. balance it out, he did specifically mention the scent of a sun-warmed Yankee candle. So I got very True. excited but about not, that. But in a pejorative, he wasn't fucking complimentary about it. She mm. said he wanted to get out of the house and smell like old people in Yankee candles. She didn't like it. Also, puppet dicks. Don't forget that. I believe it was puppet dicks. Yeah. Um... It's good. Uh, I I didn't know it was a crazy killer puppet book, which, you know, I didn't know that I needed in my life. But right. uh, people find those things intensely creepy, so it's a it's a pretty safe antagonist. And then it builds in such a nice way. And then there's that false finish where you think everything's fine. And yeah. 
puppet shows back up again. That's one of the things where a book doesn't have the advantage of giving you a false finish. Like, as you go, like, well, there's still like 100 yeah, pages yeah, left yeah. in this. Clearly, it's not <laughs> over unless there's a really long epilogue. So that that's one disadvantage that the printed word does have. It's true. But a lot of these books, like the last shitty book that we read, um, they give you like a two-chapter preview of the next book. Okay. And so I thought maybe when I got to that, I was like, well, maybe that's what it is. But the ending of the book is actually so goddamn crazy. You mentioned movies. I was sitting there thinking, I could... I can see this. Yeah. You know, this is something that would make a good movie. Yeah. I think, to me, it actually felt like episodic television. Oh. There were a lot of breaks. There were a lot of spots that felt like a natural kind of conclusion of what was being told at that moment, but right. you knew there was more to come. So it had a very episodic feel, which actually just suckered me in. I read this book over the course of three nights. Oh, wow. I read wow. half of it the first night. I just sat and I was just like, I can't stop reading this. This is fascinating to me. And like all the family stuff set the stage for the next thing. And then this set the stage for the next thing. And I was like, what's the explanation between behind all this craziness? So I just kept reading and it was, it was enthralling to me. So the fact that I read... I've never read a book this long in that short of a time That's span before, and I mean, I just couldn't put it down. Every every chapter was just in again enthralling. That's not to repeat myself, but like you said, that that whole sequence where they explain what the brother did at college because it wasn't what we all expected. It wasn't what the family had said that had been the case for so long. It wasn't the assumption that he just dropped out. It wasn't you know the the incident with. Uh, his sister with with the the main character and her brother at the pond behind the people's houses at Christmas. You're, oh, all these years we thought it was X, and so those the unraveling of those secrets was fascinating to me, and I couldn't, I just couldn't turn away. That kind of reminded me, and a couple other parts, while not nearly as gruesome, uh, reminded me of Hereditary because there's a little bit of that in Hereditary too, where it's like there's like the theme of like grief and loss, and then also. There's like the slow unraveling, uncovering of, oh, this goes way deeper. And Mm -hmm. these family members were involved in this. And, you know, you're talking about like trying to instill spirits and possessions and things. Um, I got a little bit of uh, just like plots or like theme similarities there. I liked the part where I, I I thought they did a good job. Just him joining a, quote, radical puppet collective (laughs) is creepy. Like yeah. that, that's creepy with nothing like the, those people were creepy. Um, before you even get to the supernatural stuff where they're worshiping the, the puppet in the house and going nuts and eating pets and shit like that. I was like, God damn. Now yeah. Because you think that character a part that I really disliked about this movie movie of uh, this book is that I felt their arguments went on for too long in the okay. beginning of it. It was just endless fucking bickering and. I said at some point somebody would have just said, I'm not fucking dealing with this anymore. She was fake pretending to leave, threatening to leave for, I felt, 100 pages. Yeah. And so it took me a little while to get past all that because their relationship. And then they immediately went back to bickering after they had that crazy moment where he's actually shooting the fucking puppet that he saw flying across the room while she's hiding in the closet. I'm like, no, 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 that would have brought you guys together. It would have. It would have, except they did have the whole, like, he definitely thought she tried to kill him when she was five <laughs> right so he just never said that like they had no, it's kind of like what i was saying about like blood simple where that one nugget of information was causing all of this weird friction where if somebody had just said at some point this then you know it would have made that revelation so i could see where they still had that underlying kind of like well you owe me no you owe me no you owe me and it's just right, they, but they both couldn't fi- get out of their but heads for 100 pages True. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Little, but okay. I, at one point, I remember putting it down and saying to my chicks, like, I, these two have been arguing 
for this entire book, and I don't know what now. It it absolutely made up for it. The sequence where they go into the attic together to find the puppet and oh, throw yeah. it out, and the dog, the shows imaginary up, dog, yeah. Um, and then he th- there's the big reveal. This this is a crazy thing about a book. Like the big reveal where he's standing at the end of the fucking hallway. He's giving himself back over to the puppet and he's holding it up. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit! If I can just like at the Conjuring when they have the the fucking shot of the chick up on top of the beer drill. Yeah, like, think, please stop. Yeah, it could absolutely. Yeah. I just could see it and visualize, it, and that's why books can be rewarding. That was masterful. Like, there's a couple of sequences in this where they really, really built the tension quite well. The uh, severing of the arm, I thought, was incredibly over the top. Ooh, but it, boy, it was, it was, it was visceral, and it yeah, got yeah. me. I feel like anytime you get into horror fiction, though, you get that when it comes time when when the when the gore is there, the violence is there. They go into that detail because they really are trying to get under your skin. I mean, even Stephen King writes that right way. Because that's actually one of the things. Whenever someone suffers an injury in a book, I go back to... I don't know if you have ever read the Dark Tower series, but there's an injury to the main character's hand. And it is described, and it's a nagging thing. And it's just... There's not a, a chapter that goes by at one point where it's just like, and the pain, and now he can't use this hand. And that always kind of bums me out like sure. it always but so it's effective to me like from a gore and wildness standpoint but also as a oh my god this is irreparable yeah. like this is a problem that will never be fixed and that just sort of sticks in my craw as well it's so in a crazy good way. you you say that and like i just flashed all the way back to like reading you ever read johnny tremaine in like middle school or whatever oh, yeah. yeah and like With there's the a smelting accident yeah and there's yeah. so much of that book is revolved around his is it a hand it's his injured hand too, yeah, right? yeah i believe it's silver and yeah. like even then like that long ago and that's not a horror book at all it's, right. it's uh what revolutionary war fiction mm-hmm. um but it, it makes the hair stand up on your arms a little bit when you read it because yeah, you just you are going in and you have to finish the paragraph to con- turn the page, right? <laughs> and so it's not like necessarily closing your eyes when you're watching a movie or something like that. I would say the comparison for me is Brett Easton Ellis when the book American Psycho is opposed to the um, as opposed to the movies, where the movies are grisly and it's one 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 hundredth of how grisly the book is, and it because it leaves a lot up to your imagination, I suppose. Gotcha. Um, it's a good book. I like it. I would. Uh, if, if it's not a traditional horror novel either, like it's fairly lighthearted for at least a portion of it. Yeah, very accessible. I would say. Yeah, I don't have any maternal shit, so like the kid being fucked up really didn't really affect me all that much. That is another one that bummed me out, though. Like yeah. that. That's kind of like in the same vein where it's like, oh my god, I hope this kid isn't scarred because that was her entire goal in life was to not have this kid be scarred. And then lo and behold, ta-da, she's screwed. And then it turned into, not only is she screwed, she's inherited the puppet weirdness. And it's like, (laughs) God damn it. I was actually upset at that point in the book. I'm like, no. One part that didn't make sense to me is they go to have this big ritual about how they're going to get rid of the demon. And then because it's a ghost and not a demon, which was a cool reveal, I thought, the way that they revealed what was actually going on. Um, that no one could do anything. That the big Asian chick that was like, I liked her character, and yeah. now she's useless. Like she can't do anything against a ghost whatsoever. They're totally different uh, areas you. of the supernatural. I would, yeah, we have specialists. So every you know. movie I've ever seen, <laughs> demons are way worse than ghosts. So, yeah. um, well, different. Yes, <laughs> I'd rather have a ghost than a demon. I know that much. Well, not Jesus if it was a Christ. ghost like this, though. Ghost puppet? Yeah, that could possess you know I, your kids. I or... have no patience for this ghost puppet. I. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not going on my... Get out of here. Fuck off. What, what, get out of what here. What are you talking about? Hate and then, you. And then the second mom dies, all those things are going in the fire anyway. I'm not not one yeah, of them. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not fucking keeping one of those things. 
And also, you stop your mom. You stop your mom. You say, Mom, Dad can't put up with this. Stop. You're n- Enough. You're not having any more puppets. Everyone hates. And by the way, everyone hates puppets. I, I don't know. Like, it was weird. This guy knew a lot about puppets and about people that do puppets. I'm like, I wonder if he's into it. Like, I wonder if I someone mean, in his family is. Then he just did really, really in-depth research. I guess. Um, would you give it, Daddy? Oh, so, you, oh, I'm sorry. Jesse, you didn't read the book, did you? I did. You did? I did. Did I get you a copy? No. Oh, good. Yeah, I read it in... Uh, you didn't read the book. I read it in 12 hours and 59 so minutes. So you had it read to you by a, by a computer voice. Yeah, I did. All right. Well, that's actually pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. I was for sure... I'm sorry. I'm upset that you brought up Hereditary, because I was for sure that the mom was into some type of like witchcraft. I thought uh-huh. so, we too. Were, oh, yeah. she had cast a spell. Yeah. Like, right. Because I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't pick up anything on the... On... Damn it! I didn't pick up on the anyth- anything on the character Freddy from the beginning. I don't know if they. Mentioned well, he, was it. Ma- he was mentioned very much in passing. I feel like the okay, entire time. Good. Yeah, Thank goodness. But yeah, the, the puppets are creepy. If I were to walk into a house like that, I would walk right back out. Yeah, I think most. I think ninety nine percent of all yeah. humans would do that. No, thank yeah. You. I also like the, the sequence where the, where the real estate agent just casually tells them, oh, the house is haunted, you can fucking figure this out. Because... <laughs> you can only get away with yeah. that if you're a cousin, I think, at that point. Yeah, I like that's... that part. They're shouting better of fact, Alicia. And you know they have, I bet they have to deal, have those conversations. Because it's like, it doesn't matter what you think this is. This is what it's going to be perceived like by, by a buyer, like by a potential yeah. buyer. I bet that's actually happened. I'm sorry, Dalton, I interrupted you. Well, I think uh, we were talking about scoring it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so... This is tricky. It's like when you score the first bourbon a little too high, and then you want to change it back, but everyone's got the score written down, et cetera. Like, I, I gave the deep a four because Man, I that's the, a bummer. The, because the subject material I, I really liked. Like, that was right up my alley. Like, the the cosmic horror. And fucking, you were in a dark spot black. when you were reading it, too, from what I recall. I mean, I'm all. What, what I'm I mean, right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, He's not singing the Rainbow Connection six days out of seven. But obviously, <laughs> his mom's this, funeral, <laughs> this. This book has a lot more, a lot better, like character work, I and agree. like you're a lot more invested. It's in, a better book. Yeah, the story, the story means more. So, did I like the subject matter as much as the deep? No, but I, I would say I got more out of it. So I'll put it at a four. It's way more heart, I would say, yeah. and also um, I know you guys don't agree, but I don't think every every ending to every book has to be a hideous fucking art and movie it has to be a hideous, awful sequence yeah. of atrocities. Yeah, I mean this is definitely about kind of like overcoming shit and then being able to help each other through shit too with this like newfound connection and the goofy scene at the end where like they're just socializing and kids are playing in a graveyard (laughs) it's like it's almost kind of about embracing your weirdness you know like it's not yeah i I, I remember ron was talking about on the show one time is he goes people get so hung up on their families he goes i always just assume that everyone in my family is a weird a weirdo and then we just kind of roll with the punches and i'm like I wish I could do that, you know, just realize yeah. "Ah, they're all weird. I don't need to internalize everything my fucking family does. (laughs) Exactly. I I think there's a part of that that resonated with me as well. Like my extended family has always kind of embraced our uniqueness. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Like we're, you know, eccentricities as it were. Um, And when I was referring to his mom's funeral, I wasn't speaking of Dottie's. There was a moment in the, in the book where all of her crazy puppet friends put on a ridiculous show and the brother sang the rainbow. Did you see the, the the flyer at the end that has the the program has that at the end. I thought that was a nice touch. I love that sort of thing in a book, like making those real world elements. out of If you look at the, so at the back of the book, there is a program for the, the parents' funeral that die, and it says, thank you for the contributions from the Hendricks family. Yeah. So, which is the name of the author mm-hmm. of the book. It's a nice is, little nod. It's a cool yeah. little touch, man. Yeah, I, I would recommend this book to much more people than 
the deep, which, you know, contributes to the four as well. My wife would not enjoy the deep. I think she would enjoy this book. And also, I think this is, I think a lot of fiction, a lot of horror right now seems to skew more feminine. It seems to be like being embraced more by lots, lots and lots of women. This seemed very much unisex to me. This seemed like something that anybody could. This was a story. Yeah, it's just a nice story. and you Yeah. Could, well, not a nice story, but you could pick it up and you're going to be able to enjoy it no matter who you are. Yeah, this was an easy four for me. Um, I It was verging on a four and a half, but like that feels just very strong for any book. Just I don't know if I don't know Jurassic if that Park makes sense, but yeah. But I would say this is an easy four with moments that verge toward, towards a four and a half for me. I just enjoyed pretty much everything about it. The fact that I read it over three nights is is pretty it's much crazy. the testament right there. So I I have no complaints about it. And uh, the only thing I I was kind of bummed when it was over, which is something that I feel. It's not something you can always say about anything that you're reading or watching for entertainment value. Agree. So usually, you're, unless, if, especially with a book, you're almost relieved a little bit. Like, when do we satisfied. get it? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's still to me, as much as I enjoy reading it, a little bit feels like homework. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like a little bit. I do it. And I, I could be playing Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> right now. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I read for enjoyment, and then I went to school and I had to read for assignment, they, right. and it and it changed the they way I looked at reading out of your for head, the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. With a copy of In Cold Blood, the, yeah. the the return of the imaginary dog in the backyard, oh, like so final great. showdown. The heroes I was so excited, sick him, boy, and I was just like, yes, the dog. Like I mean, in in bed reading this, going, yeah, I can like, see that like, so fucking yeah. clearly in my head then ripping uh, apart the knocking I, the puppet golem puppet golem the, is yeah. such a great way yeah. to describe <laughs> that too i was so i'm writing about a lot of monsters right now in my stupid fucking book that no one will ever read and like i wish i would golem is such a great fucking name and that's exactly what that thing would have looked like with like clayface so yes puppets. so the, pu- the puppet screaming inside of it oh my god and then the fact that they evoked sympathy for the evil main puppet at the end when you're just like, oh, that puppet just wants to Piece hang out and keep playing, but he's shit. such an asshole, but also I understand where he's coming from, but damn it, this has to end. This, this, this book so. really made an impact. Oh, on I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Go, so, what, you know what? Four and a half. What, so, <laughs> you know, I just realized it just much, happened? Yeah, four and a half. Well, I, I wanted to it. ask, like, Chad says Jurassic Park's a five for him. Like, what's your five, five as, a, as a novel? At this stage of my life, it's hard for me to pull a five for a novel. I, I actually really? can't. Like, ever? I'd, I'd have to do a lot more thinking than uh, than the show will allow right now. I'll, I'll think about off that. Off the top of the head, mine's probably Carrie. Like I think, oh, okay. I think Carrie's Carrie's, and and I I'd think the movie it, is it great. It is a five for me. I never, okay. I didn't, I never read it. It's fucking it's, wild. It's it is wild. I think that's there are parts of it that make it a four and a half for me as well. Just oh, there's some gross shit that happens. Yeah, yeah, I I think it's hard for me to say like the like the Dark Tower on Moss is great, but I don't know that any individual one of those I would put at a five, but I think the overall experience was a five for me. Probably some StarCraft books I've read that are a five. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy StarCraft One of those books. Borderlands books. <laughs> Borderlands Book Club was one of my... Oh, that first... What was that first? Ready Player One is not a five. I did enjoy it quite a bit. I just think it's it's too far ruined for me to ever try out that of book. Because that movie is so fucking awful. It, the, the, <laughs> the movie highlighted some of the problems with the book. 100%. Uh, which is unfortunate. It made me take a more critical eye at the book itself. But also but, they ratcheted the book up 20 years. So, so yeah. instead of being 70s and 80s and 90s, like early 90s, it was... A true boil on Spielberg's career, that movie, bad. man. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And, and it that's, sucks. By the way, very marvelly in that... All of the hype around that movie was, oh, look, there's the DeLorean in the background. Yeah. Oh, look over there. There's Deadpool. There's, well, there's nothing there, man. And oh, and, and, and that's unfortunately... I get so fucking mad thinking about that movie, dude. That, unfortunately, <laughs> is what has, at least at the, at the time, there were people who had those complaints about the book as well, that it was just like reference porn 
from the from the start. But while I was on the journey, I was enjoying it. The second book he wrote is um, I forgot what it's called. Armada. Yeah, we write with that one too. Yeah. It's an Ender's Game ripoff, which reminds me, Ender's Game might be a five. I, at least back okay. when I read it, I remember enjoying it that much. And there's there's a couple of those books actually. If you fucking who cares. Just, but anyway, books. Sit around talking about books. Give them another chance. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why nobody wants to come up here and watch this except Kevin Smith. <laughs> um, what'd you give it there, Jim Daddy? I gave it a four. I, like Goat, wanted to give it a 4.5. The bickering between the sister and the brother at the beginning was very annoying. There's a, so, a lot of bickering. Yeah. A lot of bickering. And it was very nasty. And I mean, I know that probably happens when family dies and there's money involved, but it was just, it was so nasty. It was uncomfortable. Not for me. I, I told my dad, I told my mom, I told my brother, I told everybody. I was like, give it the charity. I don't fucking, I'm not having <laughs> one argument about that. But yeah, I think for everybody else, you're right, Jim. Like, especially if they need money. Um, I'm going to give it a four two. I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'd never read anything by this dude. I want to read this. Uh, he's got a couple other books. So I want to I check them out. Yeah. Now. The end was great. I, I'd say the last half of the movie, very creepy, very scary. And um. I didn't read it as quickly as Goat, but I read the last hundred pages in one sitting. I just sat there and just cranked yeah, you it can, out. Yeah, you can fly through Very it. Very easy to do. So, yeah, when the end game kicks in, it, it's a wild ride. Yep. So uh, check it out. It is definitely worth your time. You need to chug a beer here in just a second, but I'm going to introduce <laughs> our next book. This is called The Black House. I picked this up, and I wanted to give you guys a couple of details so you know what you're getting into. It is by Carol Johnston, who is a lady horror writer. Uh, Robert Reed, hopefully not that one, moved his family <laughs> to Scotland's Outer Herbritis in the 1990s, driven by hope of craving safety and community and hiding a terrible secret. But despite his best efforts to fit in, Robert is always seen as an outsider and as the legendary and violent Haberdam storm reigns, reigns around him, he begins to unravel, believing his fate on the remote island of Kilmary cannot be escaped. For his entire life, Maggie McKay has said something is wrong with her. When Maggie was five years old, she announced that a man on Kilmary, a place she had never visited, had been murdered. Her unfounded claim drew media attention and turned locals against each other, creating risks that never mended. Nearly 20 years later, Maggie is determined to find out what really happened and what the islanders are hiding, but when she begins to receive ominous threats maggie is forced to consider how much she's willing to risk to discover the horrifying truth so Man. yeah lots of different uh, horror movie people stephen king and the like saying it's very spooky maybe a little folk horror-y based yeah. on the the setting a lot of creepy a lot of dark a lot of all that nice. so i'm excited for us to check that out jim let me know how much the fucking download is and i'll pick up that tab <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not paying for another fucking book to have your poor wife read to you <laughs> so there it is jimmy you feeling thirsty big man yes let's get after it let's get after it right now Corey rita absolutely flooring as he always does Corey. thank you so very very much and you're in luck Corey, because we have a celebrity in the studio mr nino grease minnelli will help jester drink this beer hey there boy as fast as it's ever been and it's gone <laughs> and she's gone <laughs> oh god damn it You've got about that part of it. I was reading. I was looking at the. I was looking at the jacket of the book. He was enthralled by words. It's a great jacket. Never mind. It was a great jacket. Yeah. Now, now the memory soiled. Got flecks of crab shells all over it now. (laughs) Shell and all. There it goes. If you'd like to donate, you don't have to. ChadDukesShow.com. Click the donate tab. Thank you so much to Corey Rita, who is. Always one of the most generous, solid dudes we have. So uh, you guys, we'll, we'll, it won't be next week or the next uh, Fortress Film Society for the book, so we'll figure out what that is. Usually we do two, I think. I feel yeah, like two it's every other. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, very good. Looking forward to that there. Boy. Uh, piss break? Piss break. Yeah. yeah piss, piss break. break. Piss break. Uh, we will come back and um, a movie that I have been looking forward to discussing with you guys since we watched it. Uh, across 110th Street, which sounded familiar to me the whole time, and I realized because that's a song playing in the car in Jackie Brown. Yeah, opening credits. Yeah, too, yeah. which is fucking fantastic. Um, so I'm glad I finally figured out what that's all about. <laughs> nice. We'll piss. We'll talk about one fucked up game show and uh, maybe a little <laughs> Scream 6 as well. Bathroom breaks kick ass. I guess my mic's on. It oh. is. Weird. It wasn't before. No, but I said, are you ready, dear boy? And then he said, yeah. And then he just turned everything back on. <laughs> when usually when I'm sitting there ready for it, he won't turn anything on. Mm. And then I was still mm-hmm. smacking my lips. He yeah. took that <laughs> as a thumbs up, if you'll recall, from last week's uh, Fastest Out. <laughs> yeah. Um, if anybody knows about uh, an exterminator that can get rid of mice, uh, please oh. get at us. Oh. Uh, bit of a problem up here. Oh, uh, up here. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, I wish I didn't know that. Well, we can't leave anything out anymore. And Jim found a mouse carcass in the trash can. So oh. there's all that. So if anybody can uh, help us out, uh, DM or whatever the fuck. It is. Piss break done. Jim, let's start it off the same way that we ended the piss break, oh, okay. and that is you taking a fucking beer to the head for Mr. Corey Rita. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Corey Rita. He can sit in the back scowling for as long as he fucking wants, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Felt like I was falling down a hill. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened there. <laughs> I tried to breathe and it just went all horribly wrong. That's right. his eyes yeah. yeah. like a, yeah. I was that, a little worried. That, that was not a digestion issue. No, that no. was a respiratory <laughs> issue. It was respiratory combined with, yeah, I'm sure shedding of the mortal coil. Oh, dear. Uh, Corey Rita, thank you so much for donating a hefty amount and getting two beers sounded off by Nino Griezmann. Are you ready? Hey, the boy! It's worth the price of admission right there. That was... There's, God, there's vibration dude, going is, on, yeah. You needed that one, didn't you, Jim? Yeah. yeah. I feel like you needed that badly. I was listening. I was listening into some of the... Um, dude. <laughs> I don't even know why I bothered. Oh. I'm, just, I'm just looking over, waiting for it now. 
because the first one you're like okay that's whatever and you look and he's just sort of calmly looking down at yeah. the ipad and Savoring. then but like just off to the side of the microphone and then he his, his head just tilts ever so slightly yeah you know the last like three times i've been in here i've had to ask Justin to turn my headphones down and i think on purpose he's cranking that shit up because oh, like, yeah, i'm yeah. gonna belt so fucking loud when for Dottie. when he dry heaves into the fucking mic then that's why you know it'd be Hope you're ready for this. Respected, um, <laughs> fucking asshole. If it makes you feel any better, I was listening to some of the uh, pre-show phone calls that Jester has to go through. Uh-huh. <laughs> the best revenge is living well, Tuber. That's oh. what I'm going to say to you, my friend. You're going to go home and what? Maybe play a video game, watch a movie, then go oh, to bed. Yeah. Well, sure. that ain't what Jimmy's going to do. <laughs> oh. I got a list. There's a big long list, and none of it is anything good for poor Jim Daddy. Well, it's a good thing we only had a couple movies to talk about tonight, so he'll get home in plenty of time. <laughs> A lot of movies tonight. A lot of movies for us to talk about. Uh, so to brief recap, Dinosaur Movie, um, Hard Target, and uh, what was the other one? Hickey and Boggs. Oh, my God. I can't yeah, wait. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen Hickey and Boggs. I can't wait to see that. Dinosaur it, Movie, I think, is actually the official title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, 65, <laughs> 65, I believe. It's about the Mark McGuire's uh, home runs record. Um, <laughs> With an asterisk. So the... That was off mic even, and I... Speaking of dinosaur movies, the T-Rex has eaten the goat. (laughs) So to speak. (laughs) What happened to the goat? Um, Across 110th Street from 1972, boys. Yeah. God bless. Early 70s. In the pocket. 82% from the critics. 79% from the audience. Directed by Barry Shearer, who directed A Man from... Uncle, all types of shows I'm sure the goat is familiar with. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Um, after a robbery in Harlem turns into a scene of a mass murder, and what a mass murder it was, promising young black officer uh, William Pope, who's played by Yafet Kodo, who's just the best. I think Amazing. we yeah. love him, is assigned to the case along with a surly, prejudiced Italian-American cop, I'll say. <laughs> oh. Frank Mattelli, Anthony Quinn, uh, the pair clashes, and there is... All of that. My biggest criticism of this movie is I wanted more of those two, Murtaugh and Rigging, working together. Yeah, I really did. I like their chemistry. Um, Anthony Quinn is a bit of a blind spot for me. Um, I was most familiar with him in, unfortunately, Last Action Hero. I realized, you know... <laughs> you did the one, a 360 on I, me. I would hate <laughs> you, moron, if I turned around 360. What a great scene. Um He's great in this. They're both they're both good in this. Um, and Yafikoto is so to me ingrained from Alien, Alien yeah. and from Running Man, and he's kind yeah. of over the top in both of those. He's a straight man in this. He really yeah. is, but he he does it really well. Like he's in this fucking world of just everybody's awful. There's a there's a, a deep brooding. Yeah. yeah, an undercurrent of disdain, but also knowing he has to do the right thing. Yeah, and he tarnishes himself a little bit at times, but like he never, he never gives in to the world that he's in. Yeah, and so he's relatable, and ultimately, I think that's why he survives. Spoiler alert! But um, I forgot the dude's name. Who's the guy with the machine gun? Do we know his name in this movie? Uh, he is Jim. Oh, fuck. Jim Harris. The problem yeah, is I don't know. He's Jim Harris, and then um, Jackson is the guy that gets murked in the the whorehouse. And then who's the um, poor bastard up on the roof? I felt real bad for that guy. Um, the I'm, guy at the end, yeah. That that's that's uh, Paul Benjamin is the actor, or is that Jim Harris? That's Jim remember. Harris. All right, fine. Yeah, he plays Jim Harris. That's yeah. the character's name. So anyway, the guy with the machine gun. I've never felt more sympathy for a mass murderer in my life. I mean, that guy <laughs> yeah. sprays and prays so many times in this fucking movie. 
and he's a cock because he's killing cops, he's killing civilians, he's killing gangsters, he's killing everybody. Um, that was an incredible character. Uh, yes. And I felt like there wasn't a lot of... He had that one really gripping scene with his girlfriend. Where he was explaining the American dream is dead for him, yeah. basically. Dude, yeah. And that scene, I think, is what d defines the whole movie. It was... Right? Yeah. I mean, it was it was mind mind numbing in such a good way. I'm like, this is so incredibly powerful. What yeah. we're watching right here, and it was it was about race. But he's like, I've got a health condition. I'm 40. I love the fact that everybody in this movie, like, I know the Yafakota was like the young gun, but like the guys that are pulling off this robbery, they're not young stupid kids. Like they're desperate fucking guys. Like, this is all we have. Yeah. This is our last chance. Do. Like yeah. and we know this is suicide. I think the tagline says like it's not risky, it's suicidal, right? Robbing the mob. Yeah. And like they know that, but it's the only thing they can do. But it was such a nice and refreshing angle for the motivation of a criminal too. One last score. Yeah. No, it's like these guys are like, we saw an opportunity. We fucking took it. We're not yeah. really all that We're equipped to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and on the flip side of that, you also have the, I guess, the the lieutenant or what? But it's uh, Anthony Quinn's character and the guy, his superior, who come right. in and go like, well, no, this is his show. And he's like, well, they're shoving everybody over the age of 50 out of the department. Yeah. And so there's that on their flip side that it's their last ride as well. So you've kind of got those opposing sides where it's like they're all aging out from an era that's gone by. Well, and he hates it. Like yeah, and, he, and he, he clearly hates it. Like he's not making any money. That's why he's taking money on the side from the boss in Harlem. It's all coming to an end. He yeah. sees the finish line in sight, and it's not a good finish line. But I also like the fact that it would have been very easy to make this whole movie about race, and certainly race was a big component of it. Mm -hmm. And, and then, the, by the way, the backs the the backdrop of Harlem in this fucking movie yeah. is fantastic. Like. I, Everything about like the rubble where they're running in between those buildings and it just looks like a bomb went off. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know about the rubble scene, but the just anytime a movie has such great on-site shooting in New York, yeah, like it just looks no, no other movie looks like no. a movie like that, and and certainly like in the seventies too. Yes, seventies. Yeah. We've talked about this before. I think when we did Serpico, yeah. on the last show, watched like, a little bit of Serpico 70s, last night. Actually, amazing, <laughs> fucking amazing. The movie. shot where he's at the bottom and everyone's screaming about the broken toilets. Yes. and they're looking up the fucking yeah. tenement. Yeah. It's such a great shot in this movie. There's so many great camera shots in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. That really stuck out to me um, because I, I watched this right after I watched Dead for a Dollar. And that is how, a, wow, what a contrast. And the juxtaposition <laughs> of, of not even just the con the content, but the cinematography is just so more so much more dynamic yeah. in Across 110th Street. And it, it's interesting that the gentleman who directed it did a lot of TV because my first mm -hmm. impression of the movie was it felt like an episode of a 70s detective TV show. But it just veered completely into way more cinematic territories it went on. There were a lot of severe angles. There was a lot of just the whole movie felt like it was there. Like it was just in a gritty situation. The shooting on location in New York in the 70s, that was an extra character in your movie, yeah, basically. And, I agree. And that's hard to beat because I, I, I know that the... The rubble, the amount of debris that was just everywhere, that's legit. Like sure. They didn't yeah. dress those sets, or they didn't have to dress them too much, because that's there was a lot of New York that was falling apart in the late 60s and the early 70s, and I watched a documentary called Rubble Kings, where they had uh, those gangs that all came out that uh, kind of were the birth of hip-hop, but it was like there were buildings that were just falling apart, where they just lived in these buildings and, and tore things down for fun in the afternoon, and it was just like, oh my god. This is real life. This isn't just a movie. The scene in the um, when the one guy, the driver from the caper, is 
burning all of his money and he's kind of the yeah. first domino to fall but he goes into that nightclub and there's dudes wearing capes i mean there's there's guys with big yeah. fucking hats and they're i'm like oh you could wear a cape like and, and, and i said that to my, wife, my wife goes yeah if you were a pimp and i was like well i mean they're doing it Look, or if you wanted to present as a pimp costumes yeah. are amazing uh the part was like give me some champagne like when he's just sitting at the bar some fucking, gin and some champagne you know he's an like, asshole but i'm like god that guy really is living it up like if he's gonna fucking eat it from the mob like well, then he gets his 15 seconds later that was, that's boy. such yeah, a brutal scene that's what my man. wife punched out is like it's when he's really getting, fucking he's bad getting, well i wanted to say that well we should talk about that but nick de salvio is the name of the italian gangster and then um doc john is the name of the, the black guy that runs the garage or whatever. Those two are such, and the, the fucking Italian guys, much more insidious, but they're, I feel like they're really good balances yes. for each other. They're kind yeah. of in the same spot. They're both fucking assholes. Um, that it's kind of like, it, it, I, I felt like those two characters counterbalance themselves actually really well in this movie. Very much so. And those two actors have interesting pedigrees as well. Yeah. I remember, like, Tony Franciosa has done I would say a lot of benign work over the course of his career. So seeing him in a role like this was was really impressive. Um, the guy who played Doc Johnson, is that that was his name? Right? Oh, he's yeah. in Brubaker. He's in a who? Doc, Doc the guy Johnson. that played Richard Ward. The guy that plays Doc Johnson. Richard Ward also a has movie. also has a long history of being in sitcoms as that relative who is really nice and sunshiny on the surface but has that dark past or the dark secret i believe fucking great he was on a lot of episodes where he'll show up with some money and they'll be like oh you can't trust you know uncle joe or whatever you don't know what he's been up to so it's kind of awesome to see him in that role where he's just leaning there's no sheen on him he is the crime lord so that's that was really like you said the interaction between him and nick was just it was kind of riveting actually just to especially that opening sequence where he goes you're just a punk errand yeah, boy and yeah. you'll always be a punk errand boy it's like, oh, he's in sanford and son uh the jeffersons good times starsky and hutch all in the family yeah he's in the jerk he's in a whole bunch of shit yeah but, he's the dad in the jerk yeah, yeah. I, I remember him in Brewbreaker, which if, we don't have to watch it for this but if you, if you ever get a chance it's robert redford in a prison movie it's fucking great 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 movie um, there's a lot to like about this. It was, I texted you guys after I was done watching it. I said, the seventies are fucking wild. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like nothing is off limits in the early seventies. These pulp movies, like it's fucking, I don't even know how you would describe them, but, um, they don't pull any punches. Like there's no, I feel like they don't pull the camera away the way they used to a lot of times in movies. And there's a scene where they're about to, I was so worried they were going to lynch that dude off the side of that fucking building. And I was like, oh, man, that's going to be... This is a bit much. I remember being excited that they only hung him upside down by his (laughs) legs. I'm like, what the fuck type of movie makes you excited? What kind of a world are we living in? Yeah, Yeah. Uh, They just let him fall to his death. Like, oh, good. They didn't even think about it. Like, it didn't even cross their mind. At least it was over. You know, yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's... The unflinching eye is, is something that is also... Like you said, it's very very indicative of the time and the language as we probably have mentioned it's, it's, it's very frank and it's very very colorful let's say. probably indicative i mean I, that, but that, yeah I, but I, it drives the point across it it really paints a picture of where everyone's uh sitting where everyone is standing as far as their respect level of the people on the other side of the aisle as it were um it's 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 not out of place in the movie though, right. like because they immediately put you into this gritty, realistic quote unquote. But it's it's almost kind of draws the line between a pulp fiction or uh, toes the line between a 
Pulp Fiction movie or a Pulp movie and um, black exploitation. Yeah, yeah like it's I got mean, elements of that where it's there's just a like, lot of black exploitation in it, and especially it, with like the music constantly playing in the background and stuff. I and I really love that. the score was very yeah. strong. Yeah, but what I appreciated too is that it's not like I think if this movie was made in 2023, the all of the characters that were not the Italian characters are going to be painted in a, in a completely almost altruistic light. This was a gritty, grimy movie. And there weren't, there's one good guy in this fucking movie and it's the Africa. Yeah. Like, everybody yeah. else is besmirched. And I, and I felt like that it, that's probably what it was like. Like these guys are, they're feuding with each other. So you better not come up to my fucking neighborhood. Like you can do that shit down there with you. Remember then in, in a, and The Departed, where they're talking, to, where Frank Costello is giving that monologue at the beginning about the Irish, I mean, the Italians coming down. And mm-hmm. I just feel like that's more what it was about than trying to paint it as some sort of it's a black versus white thing, although that was a huge component of it. It was just really well done. It was gutsy. It's um, it's it's dirty. Everyone was sweaty. Like everyone's everyone just fucking was sweaty. Grimy I had a movie. note at one point. I said, man, Antonio Vargas is really yeah. sweaty as he's getting ready to go out as he's. Shine, you know, cleaning himself up. How great was that scene, by and the he's way? Still sweating. I mean, that's he's putting the hat on, the jacket. He's got the can of strows. I'm like, this fucking guy is living his best in life. In this apartment. <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, wait, everybody's sweaty. That's a 70s thing, too. Yeah. Like, the 70s movies are gross. I always think back to um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers mm. with, with um, Sutherland. Like, that movie's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. That movie is it's so unclean. gross. Yeah. And well, you're the, just like, Scarface oh, is like times. that. I think that's 81, but everybody's yeah. fucking gross in Scarface. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I dig it. Like, it. No other movies really look or feel that way. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and this movie's like super nihilistic, but I, I, I dig that. Like, it, it doesn't pull punches. You're absolutely right. The scene where Anthony Quinn is walking into like that chaotic police station. Oh he's like, yeah. He goes, you got any shit on you? All right, get the fuck out of here. Like he's just going through everybody yeah. that knows him. Um, I, I like that. That was intensely satisfying. Being a cop in the early '70s in New York had to be a nightmare. Yeah. I can't <laughs> imagine anyone did that voluntarily. Like, how is that even a job that you go like, yeah. No, this is what I want to do with my life. I want, and then uh, you know, I want to get a kid to throw a a bag of water at me and hope it's only water. How great was that line? Because you're lucky it was only water. Yeah, it's like because they're not gonna they're they're worried about you come down here. It's the same thing. What is the Irish movie you made us just watch? Where they're the kids? Are oh, seventy one. Yeah, they, yeah. As soon as they show up in the neighborhood, the kids are throwing the fucking rocks over the top of the goddamn. Yeah. Wall yeah. there. It's like they, they knew that. That's why they didn't want to, you know, they were worried about who was going to lead the investigation. You did real good not saying anything to the man. What'd you think like, about the end? I did not. I thought it was stupid that Anthony Quinn gets shot in the head at the end from a guy with a pistol a well, hundred yards off. If you're looking at it, it would yes. murder a cop. You know the shit it would bring down on them to murder a captain of police like that? Well, but he was on the take, see? So, mm-hmm. you know, I there's. Know, but- that- that would all come out in the investigation. So, so I guess they were worried that because he was because remember he had the phone call where he goes that means that you know you're the man now and it's not me anymore because they told Yafit Koto oh, where right. the dude was hiding. Yeah, they gave him the, the tip, and, and I think it goes back to that scene when they're yeah. arguing and he's like, "You want to be captain and like you want to do it." You, you, you want to, he's like, just, he gives himself up almost. He's like, yeah, turn in all my dirty shit, like force me out and then you'll get the promotion. And he goes, he's very, you know, like, um, proud. And he's like, no, I'm going to do this my right. way. I'm going to do this like the straight way. Mm-hmm. And then seeing him, he gets killed on that rooftop while Yafakoto is basically holding him as he dies. I think that's like, I don't know, the most poetic way to, yeah. to, I, to end that. If I, he gets it either way. I thought the fact that they killed him was way more, uh, directly related to the fact that he beat that dude up in Doc Johnson's office a few mm. scenes earlier. Oh, really? Because that was his second in command, 
and he tripped him on the way out the door, and Anthony Quinn oh, turns around oh, yeah. and starts knocking no, the that, shit that out of him and just yeah, wails yeah, yeah, on him. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that that guy was like, all right, fine. You know, it's it's over now. It's a really big risk to take in the middle of there's 700 cops and they're with, in a shootout with a quote unquote silencer. On yeah, the, yeah. Was, um, I think my favorite line in the whole fucking movie is in the first 10 minutes where he goes up to him and says, who are you? And he goes, I'm Lieutenant Pope and I'm in charge here. And he goes, what does that mean? It means I'm Lieutenant Pope and yeah, I'm in charge yeah, here. Like, yeah. I thought that was such a great little back and forth between them before we kind of got into their characters. I like that, and also the part where our guy, the machine gun guy, throws the big bag of cash to the kids. To the schoolyard, yeah. It just further muddies everything I felt about that dude because he's he's a he's an awful person. He's opening fucking fire on cops. I mean, it's just he's not a good guy, but he's relatable. It's it's yeah. His back's against the wall, and this yeah. is his way out. And it's we don't know the situation. I don't know that they explained why he went to prison at any point. Um, I just know that he did, and like coming out, this is this is what he's got. Like yeah. this is the corner he's been put in by life in general and circumstances. And I think that's to me one of the strongest parts about this movie is it does kind of put you in a lot of different people's shoes, and you can kind of see why they made the decisions they made. It 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 doesn't paint a good picture of anybody's situation in the early seventies in New York, and especially. I know that it's it's weird because it's, it, it, this movie, aside from some of the content and language issues, this movie could be made today. Like it's the mar- the marginalized, so, but I'm saying like the the plight of like the marginalized community, like having no way out other than mm-hmm. doing X, Y, and Z. Like, I got that's- you, but they, the Doc Johnson character, like they, they would not have made him as strong. I don't think the other side of it, the, the 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 scene where the two guys that are left after the heist, the guy with the beard, I think his name is Joe. His character's name is Joe, and they're having that moment where he's going to go on the lamb. And that guy's still in the apartment with mm-hmm. his chick. I thought that was really tense too, because you're like, is he going to kill this dude? Like, yeah, is he going to murder him? Right. And that's when I he became more sympathetic to me because I think a, a sadistic psychopathic killer like that would have just murdered this dude, taken his money, and there's one less guy that can finger you. Yeah, yeah. But he let him go, and that's ultimately what led to his fucking downfall is the fact that he didn't kill that dude. Yeah, because then he ended up he did what we were afraid he might do. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really happy that I watched this movie. Me too. Oh, yeah. um, this is this is a I think one of my favorites that we've watched in a long time. It's good as and, far as uh, first time watch. It's really good. strong. Yeah. Tough watch though. I, I would say it's not fun. Um, and I wouldn't show it. I wouldn't sit down with your chick and watch it unless she's locked in because mine mine <laughs> definitely fucking double middle finger to work Look, the stairs. Any any movie where a a police lieutenant will just go ahead and take your tow truck because you refuse to take great. the car somewhere. How about when awesome. he's just kicking the shit out of everybody? He just got that guy in custody. He starts kicking the shit oh out God. of him in front of everyone. Yeah. yeah. Like what the fuck? Like, dude, don't you take him into a room and hit him with a phone book at least? I mean, this is yeah. outrageous. Yeah, we're just a few years out of the shadow of a lot of people like being very. I mean, back then, like police brutality's been a subject. Oh, sure. A hot topic for a very long time yeah. and it's it that is an interesting thing where he was just like well there's no punishment for me i'm just gonna do this like right in front of everybody and there's 75 fucking uh witnesses yeah. including the dude's lawyer how oh. about that stunt where he's got the machine gun and he's gunning down the dude in the car oh the man. car's on fire and the, the stunt man is wearing definitely wearing like a 
prosthetic face, right? But he's on fire, climbing out of a car that is also on fire, managed to fall out, roll over, and then the car fucking, like, explodes. You have no chance, sir. I mean, that was like, I'm just watching, I'm like, that is a real dude doing that shit, and they don't cut the camera or anything. It's so great. That was one of my favorite parts. As a bit of a a gun enthusiast, too, have you guys watched Street Kings? Have you ever seen Street Kings? I haven't. I know that it's it's a, I know that it is beloved. Actually, it's kind of insulting. I know. (laughs) No, it is, because I know how much you love it, and I know that it's it's been a source of, a bond of friendship for you with multiple people Forrest over the Whitaker. course of your life. Don't get a hold of yourself. Forrest no, Whitaker. I'm just saying. No, you should, you should both feel fucking bad. Um, there's a scene in Street Kings where these uh, Latin gangbangers, they ask for a machine gun, and he has like this crazy fucking gun that he tries to sell them that was like mounted on the side of a, a tank. But as a gun person, the fact that the machine gun was like an MP40 from like World War II, I appreciated that as well because... In movies, everyone's got a fucking AR-15 with fucking twenty thousand dollars worth of optics and red lasers and fucking holographic scopes on it. No, if you're just if you're a fucking criminal that's buying a gun off the side of the street, you take whatever you can get. Yeah, and that's what that guy yeah. had, and it it felt way more authentic. Um, man, it was a it was a man, that was a it was a wild movie. Jimmy, what did you think? I liked it. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with what they did to the. Um or with the DeSalvio character, because I thought at the very beginning with the whole Italian family party that they were having and the way they were talking to him, and then when he went to down to Harlem and how they started making fun of him there, I thought he was going to be the bitch character, but turned out not to be. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. There it is. Inside, <laughs> your name is Jimmy J. Is what it is. You were surprised that he turned out. I mean, I would say he's the most evil out of all the characters, uh, DeSalvio. Oh, he's a fucking... Yeah. Cock. Yeah, he has absolutely no it's redeeming factors. Human being, and also didn't go out as nasty as he should. Like I thought, maybe there should have been like a meat grinder or like fucking <laughs> awesome. <laughs> something horrible should have happened to that guy. Tear his limbs. I off. liked the fact that uh, Doc Johnson had two types of gin, and that was the only liquor he had. Yeah, in his yeah, office. yeah. He had yeah. beef eater and Bombay. Scotch, gin, and rum. Well, you only have scotch and gin and rum, so I guess I'll take one of those. Sitting right there. I like that. Um got to be tough to grade this one for me uh what did you think too this movie's a really strong four uh i think there are movies of this ilk that that improve on what it does but for what we get in an hour and 40 minutes it's it's tight it looks great um so much of it is compelling like it's it's story it's the way that it looks visually so it's a really strong four like i'm very happy that I saw this, I'd pick up a blue if I found it, and hmm. I'm going to watch it again sometime in the one. future. Think there is one? I, I, I haven't looked, but uh, if there is one, I would get a copy tomorrow. This movie, so much better than Mean Streets. I can't even <laughs> fucking tell you. <laughs> this movie was made by people who have been making movies for a All long right. time. You know, mean Streets, it's early yeah, in its career. Was it made by Martin Scorsese, though? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Martin Scorsese was like my age oh, when I made it. Really? Uh, what do you think? I say um, this is a four- uh, it, it it could have been a three and a half, but I really really enjoyed it. Like it was again the there was no real downtime. Mm. It was every every scene had a purpose, and it had just it was driving the story forward, even if it was something that was more introspective. Like you said, the scene between the the main uh, criminal, the main robber, and his lady talking about how this was their only way out. This was his only option. Like that's powerful, even though it's kind of slow. But mm. it's it's just there's not a dull moment in this movie, as far as I'm concerned. I forgot about it. she is one of the only redeemable characters in yes. the whole movie, mm-hmm. and then she just dies so she, miscellaneously with yeah. them shooting into the fucking by a complete random shot through the crack in the door. Oh, dude, I, 
I'm glad you brought that. The part where he goes, we're going to be, we're not going to have any money. And how long is it going to take before I tell you to not say no to these guys asking you to pay for sex? Yeah. Like, man, that's some real shit. He's like, like we're going to get desperate enough where I'm just going to say go for yeah, it. Yeah, dude. Like, that was so tough. It's mean. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's a mean movie, but not, well, I guess maybe not mean, but it's ugly. And and not like an ugly trying it's to upset un- you, but unflinching. it's just, yeah, yeah, ugly, unflinching. I mean, and and it's affecting. Like by the end of it, because it's got it's got the compelling story and the characters and the acting and the action. But by the end of it, you're like, you get what they're trying yeah. to say, where it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, is there any way that any of these people will ever get out of the situation, mm-hmm. or is it just going to be this cycle forever? You would think though that hopefully, if there is one silver lining, that Yafakoto is he doesn't get bought off, and he clearly seems to he stops Anthony Quinn from beating the shit out of that guy, but he yeah. also doesn't take any crap from the, the actual criminals. Like yeah. he's willing to fucking bend the rules a little bit to get people. Like if that guy's in charge, maybe things do improve. There a is bit. a chance. Yeah. Like that's, and I think that's where like that last shot. I think having it be them holding, you know, having holding hands for lack of a better sure. term is effective because it's kind of a passing the torch and like, all right, it, maybe there is a chance from here and on it's out. It's a know. bit of a ham fist. Yeah, but 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 it I works. It, it works within the narrative of the movie. I, I think like um, any movie that has. Uh, Paulie from the Rocky movies uh, get iced uh, in the yeah. first like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know you 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 and a guy who gets uh, his head stuck onto the clothes the the eye the press at the dry cleaners. That was rough. I mean, there's a lot of whoa in this movie, and I think it works in in, in all respects. Dude, so. I like the way they were counting the money at the very beginning. When yeah, they're all just going through it. Kind of felt like you know that scene in Scarface. I was darting around the room. I yeah, did, but I, really I liked good. it. You, you couldn't have paid me to get on top of that in construction building, though. Yeah. I don't. I, that that wasn't a set. Like those no, guys were on top a, of an open air yeah, con, under construction building. Yeah, I like, mean, you had your leads running around rooftops yeah. in you know uptown. Like that's that's <laughs> whoops. That, that, that was just it was all real. The scene to the the contrast between she's feeding him soup after he has like a grandma seizure, or whatever, and it's like this nice tender little moment. And then what happens th- 30 seconds after that, where it's the, the final gunfight mm-hmm. running and gun, and he's spraying everybody in the cart. Whew, it's yeah. like, man, the calm before the storm in that scene is fucking crazy, too. Yeah. Easy four for me. Okay. Jim, what'd you give me, bud? I think I settled on a three for this one. I liked it, but I don't know who I could tell to watch it because it, 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 the racism is not going to be for everybody these days. It took a while to get used right, to. Right, but it's a movie. It's, you know. People get offended by, but that, that shouldn't come into your score. But the bad people are the ones being racist. Like ultimately, it's the old people and the people that get their comeuppance. Yeah, I get it. But I don't know. That was just my my it's weird take, Jim. Train of okay. woke, Jim. Everybody, um, I'm gonna give it a three and a half. What I, what I would say is, there's a couple of scenes where you guys know I don't get offended by a lot of racism. But what I would say is that. The scene in the bar where he's just yelling "Hey, N-word" out to that dude—that's mm-hmm. um, uncomfortable to watch. But I, yeah. it's crazy to me that Jim said that after the disgusting violence, like the guy in the back with his fucking head lacerated and his eyes blown out. Like, there's just so much Ugh. vicious fucking violence. And I think Jim is just—it's symptomatic of our culture right now. We we take the spoken word more seriously than we take actual acts of violence. And so, to me, the whole movie's uncomfortable. Like, yeah. the scenery and the relationships and the language and the blood and the gore and the murder. And the language is deliberate. Like, it's yeah, supposed to make you feel that to, way. You're not supposed to feel good hearing it, but none of this movie is supposed to make you feel fucking yeah. no. good. So I, I feel badly that Jim feels that way because I think a lot of people... 
would focus on that when it's it's just more of a a living breathing entity and, and a great snapshot of what movies were at the time um i'm gonna give it a three and a half only because there's so much of it that i didn't enjoy that i it was hard to watch and it was not pleasurable so i don't know that i can give a movie a four that i i don't necessarily need to see again it's an it's a really good movie and um I really think people should watch it, especially if they're like us and, and you haven't seen it before. Because, mm-hmm. man, um, if you watched, I can't keep saying Revenge of the Fallen Transformers 4. But, like, if you, if you think that's a movie, yeah. like, how? Thought, if you think how, that's a movie, well, I guys, like that. How, how can that be a movie after watching that movie? Yeah, I mean, there's the, the differences. It's, it's, it's almost impossible yeah. to, to, to put them next to each other. It's, and, it's definitely closer to a four I'm going to say three and a half just because I was unhappy after I watched it. Sure. <laughs> and if I was like, Tube, and I, I I, know we mock you for it, but I know that you watch movies for an experience, whether it's positive or negative. I think it's a four easily. Yeah. But I, I'm so unhappy that I don't want to be unhappy, even more unhappy after I watch a movie. So that's why it's a three and a half. When I walk away from something and I have whatever type of feeling it is, but something more than just like a... Like, like Drop Zone, we all like Drop Zone, oh, it was right? a lot of fun. But, like, I finished the credits, I'm like, okay. And then just kind of went on with the rest of my night. But, like, yeah, after I finished... Incredibly hard to read credits. Yeah. <laughs> right. tall, narrow text on top of an orange background. <laughs> but, like, oh, I... Oh, my God. That's the graphic designer it made me speaking so right mad. <laughs> after I finish, you know, after I finish um, uh, across from 110th Street, like, I, I'm thinking about it, and, yeah. it, and it's giving you... It's giving you more like feeling and, and more of an experience after you're done with the movie because it's just it's stuck in your yeah. brain. You're processing it and you're feeling even more than you were just while it was on your TV screen. And, Jimmy, that's I'm, important to make shit like. I that. wanted to clear something up. I'm not attacking you, and I, no. that's the way you feel. It's the way you feel. It just I, it upsets me that that was the one thing that stood out to you, and that there was so much visceral, horrible shit going on in that movie that was, you know. I don't know. I don't take offense to it, but it, it does upset me that my train of thought went that way when I don't. Well, no, I should, Jim, way. you shouldn't be upset, man, because like, where I, goes, I do think that it's very easy for folks to just go down that road and, sure. and focus on that piece and look at it as this is being excessive. They're saying this just to say this instead of trying to read a little more like, oh, this is very intentional. It's very deliberate why they wrote this and why these characters are saying and why these specific characters are saying yeah. this Anthony while Quinn, these are you know, not. You know, notice Anthony Quinn, I don't think, ever dropped it. I mean, he, he was beating people up and shit, but like he was... Hmm. Yeah. But then he has that very important scene when they're talking to Jackson's wife and right. he's like comforting the little girl. Oh my God, that was such an ad lib it's, too. It's, and it's, it's, a very, it's a very important scene to the movie because that's like kind of his one moment of right. grace. Yeah, like he kind of sees it up front w- without just being able to dismiss it as a police activity. Yeah. I liked the fact that whole thing was fascinating to me because the little girl just goes like, her husband dead. And it's like, yes, yes, he is. And it's just like, oh, my God. And then he tries to stop. They must have done seven or eight takes there because when when she's reaching up to get the car off the top of the piece of furniture and he's like, please, God, don't do it again. And and she gets it and the other car falls onto Yafet Kodo. And I'm like, well, that wasn't planned. There's no chance. But I was like, but that's. Keep rolling. That's a beautiful piece. Yeah. Yeah. That that, that adds realism to it. So little kids acting like little kids. So it's a really good movie. It bums me out that we're. Sometimes you guys ever watch a movie and you're bummed out that no one's ever told you about it or you haven't heard about Sometimes. it. Sometimes, why doesn't this movie pop this, up? This on was cable? one where like now I'm trying to tell a bunch of people about yeah. this. Yeah, like, hey, it's on. I think it's on Pluto right now. Why, like, that's where I watched it. Was fucking Pluto. Like, go go watch this while it's accessible because I've never seen it anywhere else. Why is it never movie, popped up on my feed? Like, how about we show you know what's the bondage movie everybody fucking talks about? 
Fifty Shades of yeah. Grey. Yeah, so let's show that one last time and throw this on in somewhere. You know? I was real you worried imagine? that I was dropping the wrong movie for oh. a second, by the way. <laughs> Can you imagine if this was a, a special screening there at the Alamo? Like, this feels like it should have a screening at the Alamo at some point in time because it's that kind of a movie. It is. It's not fun. I mean, no. It's not, you can't do, like, a Beetlejuice screening with this thing. But I feel like it It appeals to... It would appeal to film nerds as well as just people who like movies. Like, yeah. I think it has that kind of crossover. It's it's a piece of, like, pop culture. This is an artifact. But it also is... An, it's, a, it's a great movie. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a ride that you can go on while you're, while you're enjoying it. Why isn't so. Yafit Koto Morgan like, like Morgan Freeman? Like, why don't we speak about him? And he, it might have been... I don't know. He might not have just done as much stuff. Yeah. Like, I think he's maybe not as, as versatile in some respects. I mean, he's he, I think ver- he's, he's, he's versatile. way different in this movie than he is in anything that I've seen. But I'd say, by and large, he's a genre guy. And okay. Morgan Freeman has done genre, but he's not defined by that. He is a guy, though, that... He's got a presence on the camera. Oh, absolutely. Know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's I so. really liked seeing him play this different version of himself that and I had not seen before. I agree. And he's probably the most subdued character in the whole movie, mm-hmm. but still every time he's on the screen, like it's very commanding. You're drawn to him. Um yeah, I feel bad giving it a three and a half, but it's just a bummer. The movie's a bummer, but it's uh it's great. You should definitely watch it if you have not done so. Uh tube, do you mind handing me that other bottle of makers, Mark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. This other giant one is gone for some reason. Uh, did either of you guys catch Creed, the new one? Creed three? Yeah, I saw it was getting amazing reviews. It's really good. Man. Is it really? Yeah, and uh, I haven't, I haven't seen three. I'm a little fucked up by the no sly in the Rocky movie. So I read a little bit about why that is, but uh, yeah, um, I think also he could be a, a little more okay with it, right? Like letting people take like. You you got to let something grow and move on, right? Otherwise, it'll turn into. But but you <laughs> wrote it and you got nominated for best screenplay. For yeah, but he something? didn't write Creed, and this is what this has become his story, right? I understand, but would Creed be the franchise it is right now? I mean, I don't even need to say it; it wouldn't exist. But did Sly direct Creed? Because that movie's fucking great. And also, I will admit, I didn't. I had never seen it until I went to go no, see the not, third one. He did not direct. Right? It was Ryan Coogler. And that I don't think that Creed would be successful if it weren't for the way that first movie looks and presents and 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 makes an impact. Because yeah. that movie makes a huge fucking impact, and a lot of it is Sly because he's a great actor in that movie. Mm-hmm. He should have won a fucking Oscar for it. He was right. nominated, but I think it's important to realize: okay, this franchise ha- now has its own legs, and also I think it's a really cool kind of passing of the torch that Michael B. Jordan directed this one. I agree, much like Stallone directed himself in Rocky. I think that's awesome. Like, I think that is a a, a great spiritual successor. But Stallone wrote Rocky. Yeah. Okay, but imagine writing something, spawning this franchise, then having no say over where it goes. No matter how great it is, because he has a great relationship with Michael B. Jordan. If you, yeah. if you read about that, it's, right. it's yeah. nothing to do with that. They they work together really well. And I don't think Michael B. Jordan wrote this one. No, I, there's no way. Also, Jonathan Majors fucking... I mean, I don't know what his trajectory is going to be, but think about... I'm so happy for that guy. He is the focal point of yeah. whatever the MCU is going to be. Yeah. And then he beats out the big giant fucking movie that he's the focal point in with this movie. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really fucking special. And like to have the trajectory that he has had in just the last couple it's of years, I think... 
I saw him in a movie in like 2018. It was an A24 movie, and he's amazing in it. It's called uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. I wish he'd stop working out, um, dude. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this, man. I don't think, really inferior. For the I don't think us. he has stop ever making had us feel so bad. His back muscles. I, I don't I, think I'm he's ever s- had an IPA is where, where I'm going with this. His back muscles look like a Celtic knot. And he's great in the movie, by the way. Like, is that's he, the thing is he's got the look, but I've he's never, also yeah. got the chops as an actor. And I'm sure I haven't seen Ant-Man. I heard he's good as Kang. I think he's got a 50-inch waist. I heard that's the only good thing about it. But um, That's the only good thing I've heard about Ant-Man yeah. is his performance. Right, and which, I mean, I guess bodes well for the future if, if he's going to be the best part of everything. But... Um, Creed three is good, man. It's it's worth going to check out in the theater. It's cool seeing Michael B. Jordan direct the movie and do something well, he's great. unique. Like there's fighting, there's Speaking shit in the of fight people, sequences. I wish would stop that, working out. Yeah, dude, oh, yeah. tell yeah. me about it, man. Yeah. He's great. They try to convince you that he's out of shape for a minute in the movie. <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude. <laughs> Fuck out of here. I want to see that the plane movie he's in now, Jonathan Majors, the uh, World War II Devotion. Is that what it's called? I think it's on Paramount. Yeah. Anthony told me that his dad watched that movie. He was a you know. A fucking marine pilot. Yeah, and he said yeah. he thought it was fantastic. Oh, cool and very very accurate. So. That is that is a solid endorsement. I yeah. think that was in and out of the theater really quickly too. It yeah. was. It, it doesn't seem like it was going to be a hit. Let's Which is say. weird because it was right after Top Gun, and then uh, your boy uh, Hangman was in it. Also, yeah. one of my favorite characters. Pretty funny, yeah. <laughs> And Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Jimmy, before we move on from anything, yes. uh, Eddard Smailkowski was nice enough to donate, as was John Kim, not Joe Kim. John Kim and Eddard, thank you so much. You both are very, very generous. It's only one. Only one beer for both of those. But uh, if the good ship Grease is docked anywhere nearby, that would be Yeah, you read my mind. Hey, there, boy! It's my favorite one. Diesel fuel spilling into the bay. <laughs> Good? Yes. You want to get out of the table, Dotson? Uh, I'll just, yeah, just go ahead and take those off. Trauma. Get the second part out, too. And the third. And the third. Thank you. That's okay. enough. Let's not force anything. Yeah, that one was... that. Yeah, see, he pushed that one up ahead of schedule, so there was a fourth one. Goodness gracious. Thank you. What were we talking about? I think we're going to talk Creed? about Scream. Oh, did you, so you like Creed? Oh, yeah, yeah. Creed 3, Creed it's 3. great. Go see it in the theater. Uh, did it feel like a Rocky movie? Yeah, it's dude, it, it, has, it has the power that all of those movies that's do. Um, I mean, I, that's the thing is it doesn't, it doesn't at any point leave the Rocky part behind. And I love both, the, both those actors, I think, universally beloved. I don't know yeah. anybody that has anything bad to Absolutely. say about either one of those guys. Yeah, anyways, big recommend. Real quick, before we move on, I want to talk a little bit about Scream 3 before we wrap things yeah. up. Did you guys see, uh, I know you're not the MMA fans I am, but did you, did you see Jake Gyllenhaal at the UFC fight? Yeah. I did. I Doing did. the roadhouse shtick. I loved it. Uh, first of all, he's jacked. I mean, he it looks, looks fucking amazing. I didn't know what it was when I first right. saw my buddy holds up his phone and goes, oh my God, check this out. I'm he's like, fighting and tonight. And then after like, the jump in for the third time he, and he shoves the ref off, I'm like, oh, this is for a movie. Yeah. It's on. for a movie, but Data's in it. And John Anik, is, if you're an MMA fan, it's crazy. Like John Anik and, and Daniel Cormier are calling the fight. And so <laughs> videos leaked out all weekend of um, Hall. I, I don't know what that has to do with Roadhouse. I don't remember. Is, he, it's, is his character in this update a disgraced... Like MMA Maybe, fighter who he's gets in the kicked. UFC and he wins the, the the middleweight belt. But is this the beginning where he gets and he does something crazy and gets kicked out because of the Could incident be. in the ring, like that, or the octagon? I man. heard a little bit of when he's I know at, when he's talking I'm, on the mic at the weigh-in, and I'm like, what the fuck? Is I disagree, this? dude. <laughs> he sounds and looks, and I'm telling you, 
actors are crazy. Like we shit on actors because they're good looking and vapid and completely sure. and fucking. Some insecure. of them are, yes. He is just out there, and it's a fucking UFC crowd. Yeah, and he's bare chested, and then he's walking in, there and he he sounds. They put the mic up to him, and he sounds exactly like every fucking fighter I've ever heard. And then he gets into the octagon. He's getting his fucking Vaseline put on his head. They're checking his gloves. You never know that he wasn't a fighter. And he gets in there, and they have a fake fight going on, and the crowd's going crazy. They're like screaming and yelling yeah. with the shit that's actually happening. I thought it was amazing. And there wasn't 10 cuts. You know, there wasn't a thousand different times they did this. Right. Thing. And they're doing it in front of a stadium full of people. Was I was it, really impressed by it. Did they record it after the event? No, it was before. Interesting, because that's, I mean, I know that usually at the beginning of those cards, there are not a whole lot of people in the arena. Yeah, there were. Those, there was but, enough to scream. Okay. They had they had a nice crowd for for all for that. And they're like, doing theatrical punches where they're they're whiffing. But man, I tell you what, with the yeah. right angle, it looked Absolutely. real. He threw a flying knee that looked like every flying <laughs> knee that I've ever That's seen cool. thrown. Did you see Southpaw? Um, no. The boxing movie that he's in. No, but right. I would watch that now. Yeah, so it's it was like 2015. It's him and Rachel McAdams. Um, and he's it's he he plays just like this crazy fucking boxer. Uh, it was written by the guy that wrote Sons of Anarchy, uh, Kurtz. Kurt Sutter. Kurt Sutter, Kurt yeah. Sutter, yeah. Um, it's 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 not bad, uh, and worth he's your time. Great. Just I, I, that's what I thought of when I saw the UFC stuff because I'm like, he's kind of done this before, but obviously it's for Roadhouse, which is I'm sure going to carry past the UFC octagon. Except uh, Conor McGregor's. There's a bunch of fighters in it too. I think he is really underrated. I really think he is, and I go oh, back to Nightcrawler dude. because if you watch Nightcrawler, he is such a skeevy, odious little <laughs> fuck in that mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. Um. I like him playing the big fucking ogre meathead action guy in this thing. I don't know why it, it clicks for me. So that's cool. I mean, I think that's a lot of stuff. A lot of people still just look at him and go, "Hey, that's the Donnie Darko guy," and it's like, but you know, I guess it's good to be known for something. But by the way, Drake came from Degrassi. I mean, you think about yeah, Brit you yeah. know Britney Spears that they come from the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, he came from Donnie Darko, yeah. which is a movie that still fucks my day up every yes. time yeah, I yeah. watch it. Yes, <laughs> I mean he's creating a lot of shit, man. Like uh, yeah, Nightcrawler is definitely his his big role. That movie. But Man. That movie's that fucked movie up. Fucking stay with that movie's Goat. fucked up. Motherfucker! Oh, go come on! Fucking but, but you know what we do? We don't lie That's about. Right. Thank you for that. Because there's a guy that sits in that chair that lies quite a bit every time he's sitting there. <laughs> you really should we watch. Should, we should bookmark. Night I try to be as quiet as I can about movie when you guys are talking about movies that I haven't seen, <laughs> just so I don't step in it. Because that's I where know. I go, like, all right, yeah, no, I remember hearing about that movie, and nice. yeah, but he's really good in Prisoners. Um, Honestly, he's the detective in eh, Prisoners. Prisoners is boring as shit. Oh, no, it's, it's so good. Fuck. No, it isn't. It's fucking long and slow. <laughs> go ahead and watch it. It's, <laughs> it's like a great movie. Fucking sex with Jester, short what? and slow. Oh don't, wait, don't, what? Um, that didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. Nightcrawler no, no. Night is a movie that will stick with you for a long time after okay. you watch it. I think it. Dan Gilroy is the guy that made it. And then we watched his follow-up. It got nominated is, for Best Picture, right? Uh, I don't know about Best Picture. I think it won for Best Screenplay. Gyllenhaal was nominated, but or maybe he wasn't. There, it, there was a huge uproar for something getting snubbed. And I know for a fact he didn't win. Well, he may not have been nominated either. His, I can't remember. The complexity of his... I mean, he's just such a nuanced little fuck and uh, sociopath fucking... That's the biggest yawn I've ever seen out of Kevin Smith. Wow. Oh. I, mean, I mean, he almost... It always bums you out, doesn't sure. it? I Is mean, anybody short of breath? Because he sucked all the... <laughs> Kevin, maybe... You, you, didn't like, you didn't like Ambulance, right? Uh, no, I did. Okay, good. Because yeah, he him yeah. being a coked-out maniac in that movie is awesome. I think Michael Bay... I, I, I mean, 
reinvigorated with that the same way I was with Split with M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, oh dude. you're not a moron. Oh, you, you can know, still you make You know movies. how to do this. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. I loved Ambulance. Ambulance is great. It was awesome. And maybe the best looking woman I've ever seen in my life in Ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's in Baby Driver as well. She's hot as shit. There's something. <laughs> she's just got cast for something huge, too. Like a, a DC movie or what? I don't know her name, but she's. You just look at her and you're like, well, I don't even know. What? Yeah. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't even know how to buy you coffee. Like, I wouldn't even feel comfortable. <laughs> the only thing I feel comfortable with that woman is if I, she wanted the pin number to my ATM. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> like, I'm with you. Here you are. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure out something to tell my wife. Um, all right, Scream Six. It's getting 81 percent early. Um, for those of you that don't know, they have. I believe Nev Campbell is not in this film, which is the first. Ah, uh, that's that. what they're telling us. I, I believe <laughs> she's it. not a promoted, featured performer. Cordy Cox is in it. Um, they killed off Dewey in the last one, I believe. I mean, it's I'm, an honor. Have you seen that. Courtney Cox in the trailer? Uh, no. Yeah, looks, it looks a lot like an opening scene. To okay, me. all right. Well, looks a lot like a Drew Barrymore scene. I think they're finally trying to get away from it, and by doing so, I watched that kind of extended trailer where he's going to the liquor store with the shotgun, and yeah. it, mm-hmm. Ghostface seems very different in this. Also, they've removed. He it. says he's something different. He did. So, you know, um, it's a good point. <laughs> um, they've removed it from the Westboro Baptist Church, or whatever the name of that fucking town is <laughs> they live in. I don't remember what the name of it is. And they're in um, New York, and generally, I don't like like there's too many movies shot in New York, but it does add a weird new dichotomy i think to uh to the character because jason went a lot of different places you know freddie shows up in other spots but it always seemed like a jason space you know it just seemed like a fucking desperate ploy <laughs> or hell i'm i if you would have told me i saw that first fucking movie in the theater right over there in fair in fair city mall and jester um, looked by the way. It's right over there, Jimmy. I swear yeah. to God. Donnie knows where I'm talking about. Jester yep. looked like you thought you met maybe over there in the corner <laughs> of the studio. Cinema arts, baby. It was snowing, and I and I remember coming out of it thinking, I've seen something new. Like, I've seen a new type of horror movie that I didn't know about. Mm-hmm. So, if you would have told me I'm 44 and they're still making these fucking things, I would have called you a liar. Well, there was a bit and of a gap. Good. They're good. I would say, by and large, there's moments in them. Scream 4, there's... Moments, you know, like there's part two, two is awkward in spots as well. I like two a lot. I like three a lot. There's- yeah, three is largely considered the worst, but I, I think I a like lot of it a works. Lot. A lot of it works. Two, I, I rewatched two a couple months ago. Yeah, it creaks in some spots, but it's still by yeah. and large is pretty fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. good. The part where they fucking drag the, the guy into the van and kill him and then he jumps out the other yeah. side. I thought they made a horrible TV show for this fucking oh. thing i've it, never seen the show i watched yeah, like I, the first two episodes that and is said, a, no thank you that is exactly what i did <laughs> um i'm happy for this i i wonder I, this is way more friday the 13th has been around our whole lives mm-hmm. right so is yeah. halloween so has uh elm street elm street yeah these are more successful than that right Don't, these make way yeah. more money i know more people that watch these like they're not necessarily horror people but they see they've seen scream and they go after the scream movies when they may not go after friday the 13th yeah, interesting mean, i completely agree if they put out a friday the 13th like the the do you remember when rorschach was freddy krueger how bad that fucking bomb that movie oh is you know terrible. what i'd actually black that out of my brain that was that i think that even the, happened that was the last of the platinum dunes remakes Bro, they've been rebooting these movies for none of them can sniff what Scream does when it comes out. Well, and I think a lot of the problem with that is like when they're doing the reboot, they do the remake because it was that Friday the Thirteenth remake. We saw that I saw that with a group of friends in the theater, two thousand nine. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, cool, it's a blue filter movie, and none of the thing that makes Jason Jason is in it, yes. and it just doesn't feel. 
it's you're taking this thing that has this cult beloved following, and I see you're smiling with your with your retort to what I'm saying here. But <laughs> you got it in the chamber, Tubi, and it's like, but it just it didn't hit, and so everybody went, oh. Well, why bother if it's not going to be right? However, Tubi. I'm just a little <laughs> bit of an apologist for that movie. Okay, okay. Really? I, I think it's it's not the best by any means. I think it's better than Jason Takes Manhattan, Jason Goes to Hell, Jason X, and maybe Part 5, A New Beginning. Okay. It's a very low basis. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, is true. Yeah, I'm just, I, I think a lot of people think it's like the bottom of the barrel. And okay, I think, it's I think better, that's unfair, yeah. I think it's better than most of the late 90s ones. I think it's just not... Right. Like, it's sure. one of those things where it's like you took this thing that had the reason Friday the 13th yeah, yeah, latched yeah. into people's brains the way it was because of the time, the place, what it was. And I think if you try to remake that with modern sensibilities, you're just kind of destined yeah. to fail, which is actually why the later Scream movies are impressive in that regard, because... There was a big gap as well, like between those. Like yeah, so, I think the, ten the, years between three and four, and then another ten years between four and five. So the fact that you can come back with that and have people not only not just completely rebel against it, but go like, yeah, no, this feels right, and I think it's because it's a continuation and not a reboot, because mm, it's not yeah. throwing out what came before it to go like, oh no, see, here's a new retelling of what happened. I think that goes a long way, too. How would, how would you explain the fact that Freddy vs. Jason had a $30 million budget and made $116 million, and Jason Goes to Hell made $15 million, and Wes Craven's New Nightmare made 19 Well, because wow. I think those franchises were dead by then. Okay. Um, you know, Jason Goes to Hell, that was what, like, I think the 10th or the, the 11th iteration. Okay, but stop for one second. Mm -hmm. Go back to when... Friday the Thirteenth began to when Jason Goes to Hell came out. Mm -hmm. That's equally as easy amount of uh, as, yeah. as amount of time as Scream has yeah. come out. Exactly. And we have this one they put out more. They put out more Friday the Thirteenth in that time span, and they were worse. Like I, it, it comes back to the Scream movies are all good. Yeah. Like they're they're they're, they're, they're at um, least serviceable. Yes. Bare minimum, they're serviceable. And and yeah, and they're 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 accessible. Like I said, like I've sat people down who don't watch a ton of horror movies, or and they're not like, oh, I'm scared of horror movies. We're like, they don't have a read on a lot of horror. Mm. And I've sat people down, and Scream is like the gateway for so many people that I know. It's so easy to show someone that movie, and I, I don't know anyone who doesn't like it. Yeah, I would agree. Can I, you can you think of anyone in your life that ha, has a brain? Uh, that unless they have like a scream. complete aversion to horror movies in general, I like, bet or you like slash. I, I bet you yeah. Tor doesn't like Scream. Well, he's never seen it. But, but I would also say that there are people that like supernatural <laughs> horror movies. Yeah, and they're not yeah. into slasher movies. In the same yeah. way, I'm not into the, the torture porn shit that fucking Dotson jacks his dick to. I, I would say also in, the, in the, making the case for Freddy vs. Jason that it delivered in a way that Alien vs. Predator didn't in two different shots, where it's those two squaring off in an environment that felt like both their environments they actually faced for 90 off. minutes. Yeah. And, and it doesn't. It's it's not good. It's not, and it's not right. But they, they at least get, gave you what you wanted to go there and see. Well, at least that movie's rated R. Well, oh, it's Alien vs Predator is yeah. not. It's is Requiem rated R? Yeah, yeah. It was really bad. The, I only saw that once. And <laughs> by the, the by the time Freddy vs Jason had come out, both of those franchises were punchlines because they had been watered yeah, down. Right. Because they had done. It was kind of like the Xerox of the Xerox of the Xerox. By the time you got into double digits with Friday the 13th movies it was like well this is almost a comedy now like there's bits yeah. and skits oh, inside too? these things 
And Halloween, I feel like, is way more revered than either one of those. Yeah, yeah those I mean, sequels were got to be ridiculous. I mean, yeah, dude, you get to like Halloween Resurrection. Even I, I don't like H twenty. H two O. A lot, a lot, a lot of people do. I, H20. I don't. H20. I don't think there's anything good know. in it. But boob. One five hundred a.m. This is fucking call. H twenty. It's H two O. Why would it be H twenty? Because it's the twentieth anniversary. Clown. Of the- it's a bad movie, and it's I know you like it. I work. like it more than I like the fucking Halloween Five. Is what I what I would oh, say. Oh, I disagree. Halloween Five is pretty. Here's good. what I'll tell you, dickhead. He's driving is, a hot rod in that movie. All three of those monsters, all three of those killers, are more iconic than Ghostface. All of them. Yeah, and they all shit the bed at some at point for a long extended period of time. That's never happened to Scream. Do you know? I think the reason that Halloween didn't suffer that same fate as far as becoming a total punchline is because people punched out on it early with Halloween Three. I think there was such a backlash against the way Halloween 3 went that they went, oh, well, we're done with Michael Myers. And then when he came back and people were just like, eh, Which is crazy considering how much reverence we now have for that fucking movie. It It was great. It it was maligned in its day and in in light of, yeah, well, and also in light of what we know it was supposed to kick off. It's, then, it's trick or treat. It's trick or treat before trick or treat yeah. came out. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if you sat, uh, what's it, Michael Doherty down and yeah. asked him, you know, point blank, hey. Were you thinking about this at all no when you made this film? Of course, you would say yes. But I mean, also like another thing that the screen movies have is they have uh, consistency with the team. Wes Craven did yeah, all four of those very movies much so. before the reboots came, and then I, I think it was important to the team that made this last one that they came certainly out last vocalized year, it that, that it they was. they wanted to make sure that they did right by Wes Craven, and I don't think that any of these other franchise reboots have ever done that like i think that first david gordon green halloween does a pretty damn good job of being respectful and and trying to bring back the feeling of like the first two mm-hmm. carpenter halloween movies but then they stop giving a fuck yeah, yeah. I, I agree. um by the way i still haven't seen uh ends i, I don't still haven't seen one ends halloween ends well you you should definitely watch my, it my, yeah. my monthly check-in that hey yep. guess what i still haven't seen this. please watch it <laughs> It's one of the most. <laughs> it's one of the biggest middle fingers. It's so much to the people that are going to buy tickets to see your show that I've ever encountered in my life. It, it felt like they had contempt for anyone that would buy tickets to that fucking thing. Because at least Halloween Kills, as misguided as it was and as horrible as it was, mm-hmm. it ends with fucking Michael Myers slaughtering everybody. Oh, the, the kills in that movie are excellent. You will be so hurt with the way they treat <laughs> with the way they treat that fucking monster and the way they treat everyone you, you yeah. have you have a character no one cares about that is absolutely no panache just beat the shit i don't even want to get yeah it. We exactly there's too long anyway. don't watch it don't i i would say dots not even for a, i don't a feel i fuck. don't feel compelled to like i i have not it's sitting right there on my tv and i still haven't have the urge. No, thank you. Yeah. <sighs> John Kim says Nightcrawler is great. What the fuck is wrong with Goat? I don't. I know. mean, it's a long list. I don't know thank that Go- Goat goes home and movies do not concern him. That's why I'm very happy that he's a part of this show because he has to watch movies. <laughs> yeah, no, I will be. I, I'm happy for that too. <laughs> Honestly, that's one of the reasons I enjoy this because there's there's checklist items that are long overdue that sure. I end up getting to uh, knock off the list. <sighs> I'll be checking out Scream Six this weekend. That's, oh, you will? That's, that's going to be a must see for me. We got to go see uh, Dinosaur Face. Uh huh. Well, you do. Di- dinosaur face into uh-huh. scream would probably be the move. I don't. I don't wow, that, that sounds fucking great. What yeah. a two for Tuesday that would be. Yeah, right. Yeah, a little Sunday morning action. That might be it. Sunday morning coming down. <laughs> there you guys like my shirt? 
Hey, I, I love do. it. All right, so, I love that show. I don't know. We got some good feedback for it. Maybe we'll put it out. I wish people would want to come up and watch the fucking... Good job, Jimmy. I, what, I, I would... Guess we're done. I mean, Kevin Smith likes to come up here and yawn. He does. He brought cheeseburgers, though. He did? He yeah. did. All right, I'll take it back. Any, any... I forgot to get you guys your books, and he went and got those, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I shit on him the whole time he's been up here. So apologies to Kevin Smith. I'll linchpin. Yeah. Um, all right, so we got three movies... And a book, not not for the next episode. No, not no book. Three for the next movies episode. for the next episode. Yes, oh, I don't know. Goat reads books in three days. Oh, I don't know. Look at me. I'm an out goat. I read books in three fucking days. I read one book. Oh, Al Ifredi's biography. I read that in two fucking days. Don't forget, Jester did it into like twelve hours. Yeah. Thank you. Slow down. Ooh, smoking out coke and shit on a piece of paper. I can read that instantaneously. No, I'm kidding. Of course. Um. All right. Fantastic, boys. Thank you so much for being here, Donnie. Of course. Goat. Indeed. Jim Jester. Boy, I'm fucking exhausted. But we should probably keep talking all night, right? I mean, I could go on talking, especially about 110th Street, some of these Maybe. movies, that book. I mean, I could just literally hang talk on, hang about on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm tired of talking, oh. Dukes. I just want to go to my favorite skydivers-only bar and get drunk. <laughs> I have the keys. 